Warning, the following episode of Orsini's Uncensored Mind contains explicit language and adult content. The thoughts and opinions stated on the show are reflective of A.J. Orsini and his guests exclusively. But seriously, guys, the show's called Uncensored. If you got a problem with bad language, I really don't give a shit. Okay, folks, this is episode 182, and I feel like absolute shit. You know, no one's perfect when they do these podcasts. I'm a human being. I fall ill from time to time, and I've done episodes in the past where I have not felt well, so we're going to power through on this one. Episode 182, we're going to continue our addition to the women's edition to pro wrestling here. What have the women done? We are now entering the late 90s, early 2000s. You know what era we're talking about, so this is going to get dope. We're going to talk a little WandaVision here today because... We're recording this on Thursday. Tomorrow starts Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We're going to streamline into that. We have a lot on our plate. Plus, the war between Big O and Little O. i got to talk to you about it. Let's get this thing up and running. Welcome to Orsini's Uncensored Minds, and now your host, AJ Orsini, with Dave. How the hell is everybody out there? These are your boys. These hands is your main man. Your job sold brothers is exactly, specifically, the same exact mother. I'm AJ Orsini, once again joined by Deceive Dave as we give you guys yet another edition. I am bequeathing unto all of you episode 182 of Orsini's Uncensored Mind. Dave, are you there? I am here. He's here. He's in the house. Yeah. Okay, I, I am not feeling well. I started sound the, You sound no. like shit. No, okay. Or now I feel less than I did when I started this. But yeah, <laughs> I, but now not only is my tummy ill, but so is my self-esteem. It's all my right. It makes you stronger. Yeah. <laughs> I must destroy you so that I may build you. Mm-hmm. You gotta build them up. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm not feeling well. Uh, for those of you wondering, yes, I've been tested, and it's not that kind of ill, so we should be straight. Am well, I... you were complaining about allergies last pod, too. Yeah, yeah, well, yes, I was, actually, now that you mention it, but this is not allergy-related. My tum-tum is no good. Oh, God. My tum-tum is no good. I have got the swirlies in here. It's like a unbridled storm in here. I've been trying to eat healthy recently, which has gone very, very well. So the fact that yeah. I have now an upset tummy. It's getting me kind of upset because I'm doing all the right things. I don't know why I feel this way. I, now, what are you doing? Uh, what am I what? What are you doing? As far as healthy eating? You can't, correct. Oh, as far as the healthy eating, bro, we got the greens in there. We got the string beans. We got the veggies attached to the baked chicken. We've got some, uh, what was that shit I was eating? Oh, the oatmeals. Red meat? Uh, t- No, not recently. You're uh, detoxing. I'm de- oh, good. that sounds gross. No, I haven't had any... a lot of greens and stuff in there. Like yeah. you're 
stomach probably feels like doo-doo because of the greens itself. You ever eat a salad after not eating a salad forever, and then all you eat is salad, and you feel like you just have to take the nastiest shit, and it just sits in your stomach forever and <laughs> almost feels like a stomach ache? Yeah. That's essentially kind of what you're feeling. Oh, you Jesus. still sound nasally. Well, this is, that sounds well, like just... allergies, but your stomach might be your diet. Change. I'm a little stuffed, but I'm not feeling the whole... I'm not doing the whole thing where I rub my nose all crazy. That's usually my indication for allergies. Funny story, I don't... I've never I don't think I've ever had a salad. I love veggies. I can eat a veggie all goddamn day. I've never actually sat down with a bowl of fucking lettuce and grass and wheat and somebody gave me one one time with little pieces of chicken in it. That was pretty good. That was pretty dope. But I don't think yeah, I salads have come a long way. They're actually not that bad. <laughs> yeah, we gotta like, you know, oil it up or some shit. I don't know. But People I think of salads more of like a snack than a than a dinner. Yeah. Well, yesterday, my tum-tum decided it was going to dominate me yesterday. I spent most of my day in the fetal position as my family walked around me and over me like I didn't fucking exist. They have no use for me when I'm in this condition. Uh, My family has a habit, both my son and my... Actually, my son's pretty good. My wife is basically an invalid. She's sick all the time, every time, with everything. Back, hip, headache, you name it. Uh, and she's got it. One time she she had a parasite, and then nine months later passed my son. So she's had all kinds of shit happen to her, and she's usually the sick one. She's fine now. So I'm the one who's all, Ugh, which means they have no fucking use for me. I'm just cast aside like the elderly <laughs> member of the tribe. If so they could bury me in rocks until I heal, they would. Uh, yeah, so that's how I've been doing. So I, I'm, Jesus, I'm just waiting for this shit to pass. But I mentioned earlier in the opening here, the war between Big O and Little O. I have to talk about this for a second. If if you if you would mind, I, I got to tell a quick story for just a second, okay? Because this little fucker, and I know he's not going to hear this episode, which is fine, because I've already said all this shit to his fucking face like a man, okay? <laughs> this little fucker just turned six last month, all right? And he's, he's a long way from making it to seven because he's giving me issues and complications. It's too soon for this shit. Okay, so we had a little situation at school recently. This is a Uh-oh. good situation. This is a oh. good situation. Okay. We told his teachers, because this is supposed to be his kindergarten year. COVID has robbed him of this. He'll never have kindergarten the way that we all did. It's gone. It's over for him. But we told him when he came in there, hey, he's a bit of a strong reader. He could read really well. Right. I mean, really well. Like, he reads shit that I'm reading with me. Like, he reads straight up. So they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to assess them and we're going to do that. So for those of you out there who don't know, when you're teaching children to read, there's different levels based on difficulty of books. A being the easiest type of book, spot, run, spot, you know, shit like that. And it goes all the way up to, I don't know, Z or double A or some shit, whatever. It it, it goes alphabetically from least to most difficult. Mm -hmm. When he came into the school, now remember, folks, my wife does these assessments all the time. When he came into the school... He was H. During the course of the time he's been in school for the past year because of COVID, he's home a lot, so my wife works with him a lot. He's at least now like an L, right? At least. He could probably do more if we push him, but if we just let him, if we put a book in front of him, he'd be reading an L book. His teacher keeps assigning him work in a book that's a fucking F, which I'm... I keep turning it on there saying, fuck you, he's not going to do this. That's what this F is for. Fuck right. off. 
this is a waste of his time. And in true form, we we don't sit him down to do to do to read those books. That's a waste of his time. Right. And we've told him this. The only person that uh, has felt this way has been his teacher. So she's kept him at the F level or whatever. After some assessments from other teachers, they realized, yeah, he's got no business in your class. He's higher than that. So they're moving him from the kindergarten reading class to the first grade level, uh, first grade reading class. Mm-hmm. He's still a kindergartner, but for that period, the reading period, they're going to give him more challenging work with the first graders. Right. Great stuff. Super proud, right? Right. But then he hears this information along with a lot of affirmation he's been getting recently. Oh, he's being And oh, this motherfucker thinks he's the biggest dick in the house. You might All be. Right? Well, I read out a fucking L too. Put him, put him on a A. Put him on the table right now. Let's, <laughs> like, sure let's do it right now. He's six now. Yeah. He, so he might be getting some girth. Yeah, no, he likes to walk. <laughs> he's getting some girth. He about to tear this table apart. No, he, he's walking around here. Every time he wants something, every time he wants to do something, it's always, well, I'm doing good in school, or I did this, or this. I was like, what is the fuck is, what does that matter? I can't watch TV because you do well in school? How the fuck did that happen? And every time he says something to me, I just look at my wife like, why didn't you scoop it out, bro? Like, what are we doing? How did we get here? And so here's, here's the big thing that happened, what's today? Today's Thursday. This happened on Tuesday. So, unfortunately, this is where now he's winning the war because I fucked up. So, we, he has an iPad for recreational use and educational use. Basically, everything he has is for educational use. But the iPad is a little both, a little 50-50. He gets to play well, on that's it. That's why he he's so stuff. goddamn smart, dude. Oh, no. He's on it all the fucking you time guys, doing you stuff. Guys, yeah. You guys did what every other person should be doing. Obviously, the ones that don't do this. And, like... You took games and gaming and the way that, like, colors and all that stuff, the way that kids kind of, like, grow up with today, and you literally just, you went with it. You went with video games and all that stuff, but you just made sure you were made a conscious decision to make sure that the games he was playing was educational. So that all the dude knows is education. And he still has fun. Yeah. But all he knows is education. We we started him off on educational apps, right? So it yeah. was so that's what he became used to as he got older and started playing more recreational games. The recreational games themselves are a higher level. I think my wife told you the other day he's been coding his own game. Right. So he's doing I mean he's 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 amazing at that stuff, which is great. It's it's fine. But here's where now we're losing the war here. So I dropped him off at school on Tuesday. When I drop him off of school, he leaves his iPad in the car. I bring the iPad in when I come back home. Because, again, I'm working from home during this COVID deal. So I, I brought his iPad home. On the way home, I picked up some breakfast for myself and the wife. Because I'm the number one husband, and that's what we do. This is, this is A1 husband shit, right? You surprise them with food. They like that. Mm-hmm. They're big on that. So I, I go to the fucking, and this is where I posted the status. There's a term we use here in New York. It's a little bit racist, I get it, but I, I got this term from them, so I don't know. It's whatever. We call our sandwich deli guys over here ox, right? We call them ox over here, short for Ahmeds, right? Because nine times out of ten, their legit name is fucking Ahmed, right? 
So they're the ones who taught me that phrase. Apparently, it's a ghetto term that I didn't even know about because I've retired from the hood. But they filled me in. They said, yeah, the whole Ock thing. So I told my local Ock, I need two things from you. I need the traditional New York breakfast. I need a bacon, egg, and cheese on a roll. And I need, hear me out, two plain toasted bagels with butter. That's it. That's the order. And he shook his head and said, okay, okay. And he did his shit, and he put it in the bag, and I took the bag, and I went home. When I went home, coming in the door, I accidentally dropped the iPad. Now, the pad has, like, this fucking armor around it. You can't do shit to it. Right. But it fell. This is a key part of the story. So I go over to my wife. I drop off the bag. I start taking off my Corona clothes because we're not allowed inside the house with the Rona clothes. We got a bucket for that. There's a Corona bucket in my house. Okay, so she opens up the bagel bag to figure out to look inside and realize this fucker didn't put butter. He put cream cheese. Nice. Now, I'm super pissed because this is now not once, not twice. This is the third fucking time that this ock has fucked up butter (laughs) and then blames it on me. Oh, no, no, no. You didn't explain it right. How do I fuck up plain bagel toasted butter? I've gone into that place and ordered complicated shit. He nails it. He keeps fucking up butter. I don't understand. Then, refused to give me my money, but that's a story for another day. I got my money, by the way. But (laughs) once she realizes it's cream cheese, I go to grab the bag so I can return it. I said, fuck this, I want my money back. So I grab the bag from her, and I go to put my clothes back on so I can go to the store. When I grab the bagel and I take my step back, I hear, crack. Ooh. And I went, uh-oh, that can't be good. So I look down, and at the bottom of my feet is the fucking iPad. So so I pick up the iPad. Remember, I said they got this green armor around it. So I'm thinking maybe something on the side. I don't know, right? So I turn around. Nope, spider webs. And I went, oh, fuck. And not even the safe kind. Like, the glass is jagged. So even if you were to move your finger around, it could cut you. Right. So I was like, oh. So now I got to bring back cheese, cream cheese bagels. I got a crack fucking iPad. I'm going to be late for work now because I'm determined to get this money back for these fucking bagels. It's a rough day is what I'm getting at here. And the whole day, my wife was looking at me like, he going to beat your ass when he finds out about this iPad. <laughs> my wife was like, he's going to fuck you up. But I love to see him. We can throw hands. I don't care. This I scared him. I scared I him. Fuck him. She was hyping it up. He's gonna be mad. I don't give a fuck. I bought this. Listen, it's his iPad. I gave it to him. But I bought this motherfucker. I do what I want with it. You lucky I don't wipe my ass with it right now and cut my own ass cheek. I don't give a fuck. So yeah, so we replaced it. He's got a new one, so he's happy about that. But the whole day, oh, daddy, why don't you look where you're going? Oh, daddy, why are you always breaking things, daddy? <laughs> Which I think you can appreciate because I've been breaking shit my whole life. Mm-hmm. So now he's now my son is like, oh, 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 he's breaking shit, daddy. Fuck you, son. I love you. <laughs> a little tidbit you. on that: the only man that I've ever known in my entire life to put a hole in the wall the size of my head, not exaggerating, with his big toe. <laughs> oh yes, yes. I barely hit that wall, and that whole shit caved in. That's just shoddy workmanship, oh, if you ask me. 
dude. The only yeah. man who could be. All right, real quick. There's this flight of steps that goes up. As soon as you reach the flight of steps, there's a balcony that you could look over that looks down into the living room. There's a fireplace, literally not even parallel to the steps. I'm not even kidding. It, it's not like if I were to throw a ball over, it would hit the fireplace. The fireplace from the steps, because you can't see it if you're like going up the steps, into the living room is offset to the right by maybe like a foot. This dude throws his book bag for whatever reason oh, yeah. over the balcony, bends the bullet, and goes right through the front face of the freaking fireplace, dude. You are a massacre. You destroy everything. You didn't know I was a book bag bender? Oh my know? god. Now that you say that, just thinking back of the shit that you broke through your yeah. entire life, it is amazing that your son goes, You and break everything. My yesterday, you he was he when he found out about it, we picked him up from the school. He's in the car screaming. He's in the car screaming, I don't understand it. Why do you break everything? <laughs> That's what it is. He's hit you in your Yeah, he, he I, I was trying you I got was, the IE ass face. I was trying not to laugh because he was being so fucking dramatic. My wife was like, You gotta stop laughing. I'm trying, bro, but he's making it so hard because he's being so over the top. You always break everything. And then he didn't want to talk to me in the car. He's staring out the window like a fuck. His fucking dog died. And meanwhile, when we told him I broke it, the shit was already in the mail, bro. Like, as soon as I broke it, I bought another one. And it right. was next day delivery. Right. And I'm and like, bro, it's good. Well, he's going to want to use it the moment he got home. Well, no, he's, that's the thing about him, too. He actually gets bored of the iPad after a while. So it's not like I, I don't monitor his time on the iPad a lot because a lot of the time he cuts himself off. Right. So when he figured out he wasn't going to have one that day, he wasn't worried about that day. Like, once we told him that it was coming tomorrow, he seemed to get a little better about it. But his initial, I don't ha you know, because he was scared that broken means I won't have it for a while. Right. And we always tell him, if you break it, you're not going to get another one. Now, I'm playing, I'm opening the curtain too wide here. This is, this is the second laptop that I've had to buy for him. The first one we lost. Yeah, uh, lost it in Jersey. We lost it in Jersey. You're right. You remember. Visiting right. me, and for whatever reason, we couldn't. We had no clue where the hell it went. I well, uh, the assumption the the way that we landed on this is that I think when I was taking him out of the car, I put it on the hood. I mean, not the hood, the top of the car, where the back seat is, like right on the top. I was taking him out, and I think we may have left it there. So when we came back, it wasn't there anymore. That's right. the assumption because we remember going in, we had it, and then coming out, it was no good. Right, so right. that we no one really took the L on that. We just took it as a team and just bought another one. We've had that one for years until I stepped on it yesterday. And now I was like, oh, God damn it. That's two now. To be me. fair, man, you guys are getting money's worth out of that. Like with, at the moment oh, yeah. that you no, lose it, even though it's not dying, you guys are getting years. Because that first one, I believe you guys got like like as soon as he was able to use an iPad, you guys yeah. got it like super early. Well, I, I, you know what's funny? We didn't get that. Uh, my father-in-law, stepdad, bought, oh, bought him. Okay. It was a it was a Christmas gift. Yeah, and they were, right. and he was like, you know, whenever he's ready or whatever, because he wanted. He was on the same wavelength as us, you know, because technology is the way. Everyone knows that. So if we can groom him to right. a certain routine, it's gonna work out great for everybody. And I can honestly say that it has. So we he currently has the iPad. And we bought him a laptop for school. We had to because sharing all of our laptops during this corona thing has been kind of a pain in the ass. So we gave him his own. 
And when we got him his own, I think it was my mother-in-law. She was like, do you really want him to have a laptop? Bro, he is better with the laptop than Steph is. Right. Like, he's so, he is so careful with his shit. It's ridiculous. And that's really important, oh. too. Like you said, uh, technology is the future. So the sooner he gets to learn and getting experience Absolutely. with that stuff, the better he's going to be in any workplace that he, he yeah. decides to be in. So Absolutely. College, school itself, everything's just going to be much easier. Absolutely. I can't wait to see what happens uh, with him from there. So, so far, uh, I'm losing the war here. Stepping on that iPad cost me some points, but we'll see because I got some stuff up my sleeve. There's some surprises coming down the pike here for for the House of O, which I will be revealing throughout the weeks here on the show because mm-hmm. it will affect this show to a degree. And I'm super, really? yeah, oh yeah, I'm super excited. Oh, Plus, okay. I'm doing this, by the way, I'm recording this episode uh, with my headset, my usual traditional headset, but this is the last day I'm doing it <laughs> because okay. I ordered that new mic. Really? Yeah, I did. I ordered it, and it's due to be here today, but it didn't get here yet, so I'm recording uh, this now. I'm, I'm like so on the fence, man. Because let me get it first. Like, let me get it first. And see my how that biggest works. thing is that my only problem with USBs because I don't mind USB, right. but I think I'm learning what my microphone is my microphone is one that can be kind of like it it's made to catch sound all around it right so it's catching all of the the whatever the echo but that's not even the problem because honestly when it comes to osb i can put suppressions and equalizers on it and i can equalize my voice to cancel out that sound so it sounds more direct but with this that's only if i'm doing my videos or i'm streaming with this i have no control over it but with razor see now razor tends to be a company that has those type of things built into their razor program everything that i have except for my microphone and my headset which i want to change soon is all razor stuff like i really like razor because it's all in one like one app on the computer you can control everything customize your buttons all that stuff like that now i didn't get a chance to look deeper i did look a little bit but not deeper but if that allows you to on that program specifically to have a, a, a mixer built into the app where I can at minimum, at minimum, I just want to be able to EQ my sound. Right. Because it'll help negate that echoey sound. Mm-hmm. But it, I can't, and if it doesn't do that, then I don't want to buy it. But if it does do it, then I, I want to get it. If not, I want to invest in a mixer and shit like that. So. Well, that's what I said. Let me, it's supposed to be doing today. So let me play with it and I'll send you some stuff. Take a look at it and see what you want to do. Right, right, right. Because I'm I'm ready to pull the job. I almost bought it when you sent it to me. The arm and everything. Yeah. I don't know. You getting the camera too? That camera's also Razor. The camera. Like all of that is Razor, right? I believe it's all from the same company. Yeah, okay, I have yeah, arms, so I wasn't worried money. about the arm. Uh, I I I have stands um, here. I got a whole bunch of stuff over. I had, I even had the pop filter here already. I just I needed the mic. That's all it is. Yeah. All right. So well, I'm that's cool. There. I'm I'm looking forward to you getting that so we can see how yeah, how I'm it sounds. Play with it and see all that stuff. I got my video card in, so I'm going to be using my 4K camera for the webcam now. Oh my God! Look at you. Yeah. We're looking. Wait, so, wait. Are we looking at actually doing some video on our shit every time? <gasps> oh my no? God! You mean like on a weekly basis and putting it up and doing? I'm just. See, I brought this guy onto the show to keep me motivated to do it, and he's trying to make me a fucking celebrity. He wants me to fucking... I was doing this show as a hobby. He's trying to get me fucking paid. It is a hobby. It's fun, but just because you're having fun don't mean you can't have fun at the highest level. (laughs) It's like, can't can't we laugh on the way to the bank? 
Thank you. Hey, I didn't say shit about money. I'm just talking about higher production want, value. That's here. it, man. Like that's where my interest is. Like hearing an echo in this shit yeah. makes me want to punch myself. Like that oh, is God. not professional yeah. quality. But unfortunately, quality. due to my circumstances, and I don't want to talk shit. I love my apartment. My, I'm gonna live here until I get a house. And when I have a house, I'll have a room specific for all that stuff, right? Oh God, Steph! Steph just what? started talking about that recently because the deal. Because yes. the deal was is that we wait. We were waiting until I finished school, and like I just explained earlier, I got one semester left. That's it. So man. she's like, "Bro, we're gonna have to sit down and really start talking." Get about the this. fuck, out. Like, dude! You oh. know how much money you get? seriously? Like I know you love New York, dude, but there are so many places just outside that you could always go back in if you want to with a driveway and a lawn. Well, her only concern at this point is her licensing she uh, i'm gonna be honest with you she i don't think I, and i waited her out because when she, we were younger she never saw herself outside of the city and one of the reasons that she wanted to stay was because of her younger sister but her younger sister doesn't even fucking know she's ex she's existing at this point she's in her 20s Not she's that. fucking she's, she's just living her... life she's a young right. adult but that's my point. I was like, what are you waiting around for her for? Meanwhile, you have a six-year-old here that I'm telling you needs to be in a better needs to be in a better situation. I love my neighborhood. Moving out of the old neighborhood was the best thing we ever did. This place is great, but it's still the city, man. And I'm like, this is if this pandemic has shown us anything, I was like, I don't want to be here anymore. Like you guys do really well, and just solely off of education, you got. Uh, she has done. If there is. One thing about step about your wife that I can say is um, that she does very well is that she committed to her education and that drove her where to where she is today and she is excellent with money. Can you yeah. imagine moving out of the city? How much money, more money you guys would have for yourselves? Probably. If you just like didn't this have is... to spend taxes in yeah. New York, travel in New York. Driving around for hours trying to find parking in New York, dude. You can't put a price <laughs> no. on just banging a left into your driveway and turning off the car. Yeah, yeah, dude. You know, we just received. Uh, well, not we. Uh, there are still some people who have it. Everyone is still talking about the new stimulus package here. Uh, this is the third one they've sent out. We've received all three. We haven't spent a dime of it. It's yeah, still, I don't because that's there. not there's no oh and that's another thing you and I will start talking about very very soon because I'm my I'm changing my um I'm changing my major in school and I'm gonna be going pretty hard probably pretty hard in accounting here dude something about stock trades and all that stuff has been like the peak of my interest in the past few weeks so I've been looking I'm trying to that I might fits even try more to, like, into the working broker so that's huh? that, that fits a lot into the trying to work from home thing because you could do a lot yeah, of yeah my home. own thing I want to understand money because if anything if the stimulus package isn't teaching anybody it's that the value of the dollar if not already is going to be worth like toilet paper so <laughs> you need to start investing best. like having a big bank is stupid you should be not stupid but like if you're gonna sit on money sit on it in a stock or something like that rather than sitting in the bank because it decreases in value but that's another conversation for another oh yeah that's a whole nother podcast <laughs> i actually but, you know what if you're really super duper interested about that i know a guy we should bring him on the show Dude, that would be uh, oh my that god! That would be very that fucking would, interesting. Like, like, for, like, what do you mean you know a guy? It like does this, does all that stuff. Keeps an eye on the stocks, trades, sells, all that stuff. Dude, that would 
be phenomenal. But see, you he's see he's a lot like me with the wrestling stuff. He's obsessed. Like his phone has the thing on the on the fucking screen with the with the Nasdaq, and he he reads the lower thirds and all. That. He's like into it. And we can make it a half and half. We can do like the. T- I would like to do. He's like also a wrestling top- fan, so it works. Yeah, we can do the top ha- top half of doing like wrestling, talking some wrestling, Ooh, maybe current whatever. Look, let's let's throw and some wrestling. Back half, we can do like a more educational, like what to do with your money type deal. I would love to do. Let, let's give him some wrestlers and be like, stocks high, low, should we sell? Should we, like, oh, Brit, the bit. Oh, he probably yeah, he would probably sit here now after yeah after this past Wednesday. Uh, you know, Britt Baker, Thunderosa, sell, uh, buy, buy, buy stocks now. There's there's stars on the rise. Uh, on the come we'll up. get to that for sure. Yeah, let's get to a little bit of the pro wrestling stuff. This was nice to bullshit around for a little bit. Well, let's get no, into but the seriously. Contact that guy. Like, yeah, <laughs> man, I literally just got chills thinking about. It. It's gonna be a fucking awesome episode. Oh, that would be pretty cool. An educational one for those out there who. Uh, Dude, that's that's my bag. Have, have right a little now, bit. Man. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the world of professional wrestling. Just a little bit. So, uh, we're gonna do with the ladies first. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about yesterday's main event real quick, or do you want to save that for I want to talk about after? that after the, like, right after the ladies. After the like, I want to get the ladies, I want to get the ladies their respect early, All and then right. we can go right into some more uh, love for, for women there. All right, let's get to the ladies. And now, another edition of Women's History Pro Wrestling presented by the CWA. And now, your host, the CWA. Oh, man. So regal. It is. I feel so, like, fancy when that comes (laughs) on, man. Holy crap. Stage is yours, my friend. All right, so we're going to go through this because we got quite a bit to talk about, but uh, we definitely want to make sure we get uh, we stay consistent with our Women's Appreciation Month. So this first one that we're going to talk about, I was looking at this. I don't really think I remember her too much. I don't. I was looking around and I like I I remember of her. Like I see some of these images and I'm like, okay, I think I've seen her before. But I don't think she was much around the time where maybe I was paying attention. I really don't. I really don't know. But our first wrestler that we're going to talk about today is she goes by the name of Victoria. Ooh, I ain't related to mess with. <laughs> so what, what are some of your uh, what are some of your memories with this with this wrestler? I'm going to start with a fun fact. Ooh, fun fact because facts are fun depending mm-hmm. on your interpretation of said fact but yes uh uh i wanted to bring some information to light when it comes to victoria and her connection believe it or not to trish there's a connection there and it's through music it's through music everyone remembers trish stratus's theme right everyone whenever that song (laughs) oh right that whole deal Yeah, yeah and to a degree everyone's kind of aware that that song is Rapped and sang by Lil Kim. Lil uh-huh. Kim put that track together. Right. So, very little known fact: her Victoria's first theme was her best thing. 
All the things you said, all the things you said, running through my head. Like, oh, okay. No, yeah, dope. I do remember that. I okay. remember that. They changed it after a while, you know, copyright. They didn't want to keep paying for that shit. But they, they got another song, an original song that they own, and I think she used it when she came back at the Rumble. Uh, the I Ain't Laid Mess With. Ooh, boom, go, go, go. Little known fact, that song, the girl who sings that hook, I'm going to get down with my bad self, with my bad self. Is Nicki Minaj? No. Yes, it is. They had that song made before she had just signed to the label at the time, so she was just doing music and features, and she hadn't blown up yet. But it's Nicki Minaj. So oh, there's so there's that's two awesome. ladies of hip hop involved with the WWE, and Victoria is one of them. Yeah, Vicky. Um, Victoria started off as a hoe with WWE. That was my debut to victoria because i remember they were doing the whole hole gimmick mm-hmm. and the holes never really got physical and then they dropped that bitch right on the top of her head through a table and i went who the hell is that also right. this whole this particular i there wasn't a red flag as soon as she came out though because she was the only hole that ever came out with a knee brace <laughs> and i was like hold up i think i think that hole is on workman's comp what's up she she shouldn't be in the field. Is she is she collecting unemployment due to injury? What's up? No, she's not on work, Ms. Comp. She's at work. She she's was committed. She, yeah, she got to hit the streets. That's but it, yeah, that, that was my first impression of her. I know she had, I didn't know at the time that she had uh, 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 any uh, real professional training until she got revealed to be a, an active competitor. But yeah, I'm surprised you don't remember much of her. I'd seen, as you're going through it, the, like the theme and. Yeah. Yeah, that stuff is is ringing a bell. But and the no, finishing I move. Don't that, remember too much of her. The widow's I'm peak. At this, the widow's peak. Okay. You don't remember? I've seen the, the picture peak. with her with the belt on because she did. Uh, she's a two-time, yeah, two-time oh, WWE Women's time, Champion, yeah. and um, I just even her with the belt. I, it's just not ringing a bell to me. I don't <laughs> know why. I'm a two thousand. I love that song. Wait a minute, 2001. When was that? Were you? St- it was around 2001. <laughs> you're, you're hilarious. No, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think, where were you at the house still around that time? Yeah, yeah. I was you still, were. Uh, yeah, I wasn't gone yet. That was like, as a matter of fact, I think that might have been, that might have been the go home year because after that, I had to run in in Maine, and then I was off to New York in 03. That's when I met Steph. So, yeah. Yeah, that's it. what I mean, man. That I don't know. I think run. there was, like, a gap in wrestling there for me because, obviously, all of my shit that I watched was through you, and I think there was a moment there where it, I just wasn't exposed to it as much because I have heard of her. I just don't right. remember her too much. But, anyway, she's got a – she's got oh, so she's a bodybuilder as well. Started off, yeah, that's how she started. That's yeah. how she started is being a bodybuilder because yeah. she's got great some, physique, uh, even to definitely this fucking got day. a track record. Um, she was awarded they oh, there's that uh cauliflower ally club again, 2015. Oh, yeah. She's that's a that's like a separate hall of fame, if I remember correctly. Yeah, right? it's a separate deal, yeah, yeah, awesome. So, yeah, she's got a what is that PWI woman of the year, mm-hmm. number five of 50 females in wrestling in 2009. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she did some work in TNA as well. Absolutely, yep. That's, wow, that's she did terrible. a lot of work. She looks like she did more work in TNA. Than she, she did. She was there. She was there for a while. I don't want to say more. 
but she she I mean she she's was got, placed she on has, top a lot. Five time knockout champion. Yeah. And a tag team knockout champion with uh Brooke Tess I don't know. Tess Mocker. Thank you. That's Tess right. Mocker. With that fat and she's booty only, baby. I say only even though it's like the prestigious belt, but uh the WWE women's champion twice. Right. So it seems like she had a longer run in, in TNA. She had a more she well her thing in Victoria, you know, um, her thing in Victoria. Victoria's thing uh, when she was in the WWE, she wrestled in the era of Trish and Lita. So the championship was kind of occupied a lot. When she went to TNA, she was kind of the big fish. She right. she she was the big star. So they used her a lot over there. Uh, Tara, which is what she was in TNA, that was my wife's first wrestling shirt. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I sent you the a link by the way, Facebook message. Check out that Widow's Peak. That'll jog some memories. Uh, and yeah, that was her first wrestling shirt she ever bought. That was one of the first female talents she ever met. Uh, was Victoria. I just it's just coming to me now that I got a chance to work with her that one time and they met. That was actually pretty cool. But yeah, no. Oh I, yeah, yeah. Wait, who uses that now in AEW? Nobody's using that now. Are you yeah, kidding? Someone me? did that in AEW. Not a girl. Yes. I'm going to have to look that up because I, I haven't seen anyone touch that move. That's a big no-no. That's the move right there. That, that was a killer. Widow's Peak. Someone did that shit not too, like, literally not too long ago. No. It might have been, even been during the pay-per-view or something. My memory is foggy right now with that for some reason. Yeah. But that move, I swear to God, I saw it the other day, and I was like, oh, God, yeah. that's If nasty. we're looking for a spin here as far as why we would mention her as far as being a historical figure, mm-hmm. uh, there's two major points that I want to bring out for her as far as what she accomplished in her career. Uh, she's the first woman on, on two occasions for WWE. The first woman, I believe, on paper to have won a hair versus hair match which was very unlikely for women, and she won it at Mania, at the Garden, WrestleMania 20. She beat your homegirl, Molly Holly. That's when Molly Holly got shaved on pay-per-view, <laughs> uh, which was dope because that had never been done before, and the match was actually really good in spite of the fact that WrestleMania was running long, so of course, where are we going to get that time back? The ladies, so right. she had to deal with that. She was also, uh, I believe this was Victoria. I'm going to double-check now. Uh yeah, it was her. Uh, she was in the first ever female WWE cage match. Oh that's, wow, with who? That's her and uh, Lita. Her and that's... Lita were the very first cage match for women in the WWE. So for all the ladies who are currently in cages and elimination chambers and hell in the cells, before we got to that, there was Vicky and uh, Lita in the cage. Mm-hmm. So she uh, she took a lot of hell in her career physically to get to where she was. But, yeah, no, she had a hell of a run uh, with the WWE, starting off as a hoe and multiple-time champions. And she worked <laughs> with a lot of the guys, too, um, not just physically, but, I mean, like, worked, like, ran angles and stories at a time when that was very rare. She was one of the few that could as far as a character on television. And the whole right. cycle thing she did. She changed the game with the cycle. Every woman after her all of a sudden was a nutcase. When Victoria first came out and she was doing the whole, lost my mind, all the things she she was hot. And then every female after that all of a sudden became a psychotic nutcase. Uh, yeah. But none better than the original because uh, that was one of my favorite gimmicks as well for Victoria. Well, speaking of favorite gimmicks, that's not, it's not even a gimmick. This woman is just, oh, my God. Damn. Oh, God. Probably, 
I know who's next now. Probably, as far as I can remember, probably one of the first women in wrestling that I just, I could, I've, like, every time, even looking at her pictures right now, this woman is what? This, she's, what is she like? She's 41. In her 40s? She's 41. Right now? Currently. I didn't know how old this was, James, in March 2000. Oh, uh, my Birthday, goodness. August 31st, 1979. She's 41. <sighs> she will be 20. She'll be 42 Jesus. in August. Christ, man. She, she can still get Nikki James, man. Oh, yeah. oh my oh, God. Yeah. She is gorgeous. What do you got about Mickey James? Uh, besides uh, the utmost respect, because <laughs> you want to talk about a career, bro. I, I was exposed to Because she's still there right now or very recently, right? Uh, yeah, she was there recently, yeah. Um, okay. She's kind of in a battle with WWE right now because they're they're forcing her into retirement. Oh, she and still wants to go. Still, Why would they force she her? She still can, and that's the problem. Well, because they got a lot have, of... There's a lot of 20-something-year-olds in the wings trying to get called up. So it's like, where are you going to start? You got to make room somewhere, and I guess. But that's that's not a bad thing, though, man. She could give so much to that roster right now. I think if she was smart, I would switch over to the the coach role and then maybe get some NXT shots because her being on SmackDown or Raw is just not going to work out. And that's not a, a, a her thing. She can still do everything she used to do just fine. Uh, but yeah, like it says here, though, she's currently signed to WWE on the Raw brand, which is true, but then she hasn't been on TV in forever, and then they brought her out as a legend for Legends Night. Like, like she didn't fucking work there. She's like, oh, she's an old timer. Like, bitch, I'm signed right now. Like, what are you talking about? That doesn't mean that she doesn't belong on there. I'm not saying that that's, I'm not saying that's the case. I'm saying that's, if anything, I'm going the opposite way of that and saying they're being high-key disrespectful about it. It's like, yeah, I'm a legend, but I'm a current legend like i'm i'm still doing i'm still legending right now i'm I'm in the midst of legending right now right and they're not treating her like that she's contracted but they're still teaching her still talking to her or treating her like she's already been retired for like the last seven years or some shit well how do you tell a legend that like we have like how do you respectfully tell a legend who's being stubborn? Like it sounds to me that you're just like, look, we're we're going in another direction. Right. No disrespect to you, you're phenomenal, but like I don't even don't, think Vince goes. We that far. don't have the work for you, yeah, right? I, I don't, because we have so much women talent and only yeah. so much time. Yeah, I don't even think Vince goes that far. He's like in his late seventies at this point. He's just like, "Hey, thanks for what you've done, but we're going in another direction." I'll talk. Yeah, to you but later. that's what that means, though, right? Like, obviously, <laughs> they know she can work still. Yeah, obviously, but they just they opt not to use it. That's all. She's there. And she's getting paid. At what point, with if if the women's division keeps growing in the manner of which that it is, because I mean, well, actually, after we talk about these lovely women, we have two more amazing women to talk about that are even outside of this segment. That's not even in the segment, but will be brought up again. Um, at what point do we just give them their own show? Uh, like at what? Like 50, how much more of point. depth do you need in the roster of women's wrestling? Because if you have someone, and I understand she is one of the older ones on the roster, but if you have someone like Mickey James who can still go and proves that time and time again, right. 
but it's just you don't you just don't have it's a matter of fact it's just you just don't have enough time for everybody at what point do they get their own show or their own branch off where you can it's, run their stories isolated to themselves because it's it's the way that because that sh- that idea has been discussed in the past and podcasters and 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 people inside the business have been debating it for forever it's a catch-22 it's well why are you giving them their own show couldn't you just give them more time on the show they're already on you have so many shit males that you can bench in place of good females and it's the other way of, well, if we wanted to give them their own show, that'd be great. We can spotlight different stories and different characters. The problem is is the talent doesn't fill out to that many spots. If you wanted to fill the spots and make it 50-50 male women, you'd have a lot of top male talent. You'd have a lot of top female talent, and it might rub itself or together. If you did an all-female show, right. I don't think you have enough female talent to pull that off. Well, it doesn't necessarily have to be an all-female show. You could also make it, you could also split it in, like, a women's divisional title type thing where you can have lower card male matches on there as well. But most of, like, the main events and or the belts defended on that show in particular are, uh, like, predominantly women. And vice versa on the other shows. You can have lesser women matches on there, but the belts are predominantly, uh, it's going to be the, the male titles. That way you have more time to show some of the mid to high card uh, and you have another place for low cards as well. I think it just like divvies it up a little bit better because you got people I'm sure that have potential, but it's hard mm-hmm. to squeeze them in to get actual time yeah. If you they know can't what I'm get saying? that potential but, if they don't have the reps, they got to right, get out but there if you got, it. If yeah. you have two shows like they have right now and right. both of them are 75% male and 25% women, what's the point? You're right. You have a bunch of wrestlers who I'm not going to call anybody trash. They may not be the best and or maybe need some more experience or time on camera to get comfortable, whatever the case may be. But if you divvy up those belts per show, so we're, okay, this is going to be predominant women matches. This is going to be predominant male, but it's not specific to that. That way you can swap. They're both still, both us um, shows still hold some weight. And, and they can still branch off into each other. You can still do stuff on opposite shows that will run into the to, to promote the other show, whatever the case may be. And then when you have pay-per-views, you bring them together just like you're doing right now. The short answer to all of that is there are still a large number of individuals inside the business that will tell you money uh, women won't draw. They won't draw. If you, if you give them your own show, it won't make money. If you increase the female... Uh, exposure on the main shows that you already have, you'll just lose numbers. You won't gain any. That at the end of the day, even though it's wrestling and people know that it's scripted and everyone knows that this is a, a controlled environment, it's still to a degree simulated fighting and they're just not going to watch women do it. Yeah, well, you know what? That brings us to the conversation that we're going to have after this. Mm-hmm. So, and by, like, I'm glad we brought it up, yeah. Exactly, because Almost exactly to what... Mm-hmm. Some of my likes and dislikes to that, so we'll pause yeah, that for we'll right this that second. Right we we, we um, sidetracked on our our main lady here. Let's yeah, get but back it's still, lady. but it's still she's she is bringing the conversation. Yeah, so it, because it, of her words and her actions, because exactly. she's she's still physically able to do it at a high level, and she's literally being told that because she's of a certain age, she can't. Right. 
and it's uh, just and it's not that she can't it's just time so she uh oh no she can't because they're telling her that she can't right well that's why she's not gonna do it but yeah i i first got exposed to mickey as uh and this is gonna be a throwback name but alexis Lurie was my first time meeting her uh uh, that was her independent wrestling name before she got signed to the wwe uh she was on the indies i remember her with ring of honor she was with aj styles and the amazing red that was the first time i had met and she was a crazy she was like indie lita she did it that was her big spot in those matches she'd drop a top rope hurricane run out of nowhere she'd she'd do an over-the-top dive or something no no real full matches because it's 2021 and ring of honor still has a problem including women into their wrestling but again that's a conversation for later uh, right. But Mickey James, that was my first time meeting her as Alexis Lurie. When she debuted in the WWE, she spent some time at OVW, but when she debuted, she was the next uh, psycho nutcase. Victoria uh, was obsessed with Trish and was uh, a psycho. And when Trish survived that, she didn't have to deal with psycho Mickey, which gave us a different psycho because she was nice. And then that was the one where they switched wardrobe. You remember that where Mickey dressed as Trish and Trish dressed as Mickey. It was hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, th- she was the second psycho. Uh, and just like the first psycho, they got past their psycho gimmicks because guess what, folks? They could actually wrestle. Mm-hmm. They could actually wrestle. Mickey James almost got fired for having the best match at WrestleMania 22. Damn. That's how, and it wasn't for the match itself. If you just say that sentence out loud, it sounds weird, but the vagina lick from WrestleMania 22 is what almost got them in serious trouble. Where the match was great, and then they went to the back and Vince slammed his headset. Do <laughs> <laughs> you remember Stratus? What was it called? Strat, the Stratosphere? I forgot what the fucking name of the move was. You know, when, when the woman's on the top rope and Trish. Does a handspring, brings the leg up, and then they the hurricane run over or whatever, like a leg head scissors over. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trish does the handspring, legs up. Mickey grabs the leg, and instead of bumping forward, hooks them underneath her arms, then proceeds to rub from the bottom of Trish's tummy all the way up the JJ, and then lick her palm immediately after and then push Trish off, jump off and just start laughing and the whole building erupted. If you eliminate the vagina lick, it's still a fantastic match up until WrestleMania 32, I'll say uh, 10 years later, it was the best women's match in WrestleMania history up until the triple threat match in Dallas. And then with the new area, the new era and the horse women and all that shit. But she, she held, she held that championship that title, I guess, of best women's match in WrestleMania history for a long time. And she was that good of a worker. Yeah. Well, she had uh she definitely had her run. She's got a you know three TNA knockout championship belts. Oh, she She's, was even crazier. Uh, what is this? TNA. What is this TNA World Cup of Wrestling? What's that? Oh my god, the TNA World Cup of Wrestling. Oh my god, I haven't heard that. Is that like a is that like a tournament or something? Yeah, well, if I'm not mistaken. Here, I just clicked on it now myself because I, I, I'm having two different things in my head. I think she was, yes, yeah, she yeah, tournament. No, 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 not tournament. Says here, I think this was a gauntlet battle royal. 
Okay. Gauntlet Battle Royal. It's the, it's TNA. Who fucking knows what any of this shit was back <laughs> well, then? anyway, she's an Ultimate Champion Wrestling uh, Champion yeah, as those, well. Those are all indie fans. Wrestling here, Federation, yeah. two-time women's champion. She won a Native American Music Award. Oh, my God. Was that, for <laughs> hard, was that for Hardcore Country? That's one of my favorite songs of all time. And I don't even like country music. <laughs> hardcore Country. She was hot. Oh, man. And then she WWE Women's Champion five times. And then yeah. the Diva Champion when that shit was a thing. When that was a fucking thing. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh my she goodness. She had some great moments, though, and she's one of the most well-respected. Because she, as high up as she went, as far as star and celebrity, she always tried to help uh, lend a hand. We were talking about Christian Cage joining AEW, and I made the point, I was like, he's just going to make everybody fucking better. And he said it in his promo. He finally cut a promo online. It was on a YouTube exclusive where he said it. He's like, I'm a workhorse. I, I bring everyone up a level. When I when I get into the ring, everyone jump, everyone's level goes up. That's the kind of performer he is. That's to me, was what Mickey was. Right. Uh, when, they, when she returned to the WWE, I mean, we just talked about how far back she goes as a competitor when she came back which uh i clicked on music career for some stupid reason now i'm lost in a world of in insignificant music we're not here to talk about her music contributions okay here it is <laughs> yeah so when she went to um when she went to tna uh she immediately jumped into the fray and obviously because she was a big star right she was this huge star at that point they they pushed her right to the moon, right? She's in the cha- she's in the championship situation right away, but she feuded with the beautiful people who were an up and coming talent team at the time. The most over to this day, one of the most over acts in TNA was Angelina Love and Velvet Sky. They she got over there and she basically, in feuding with them and working with them, kind of validated them to a degree. And she even lost a lot of that. You know, she was putting over talent left and right and still managed to stay relevant enough for, to be the world champion and make that count. I mean, she was wrestling Zelina Vega when she was Rosita. She was wrestling Sarita. She was wrestling all of the females of TNA, just like she did when she came back to the WWE. She was just wrestling everybody because she's that fucking good. Yeah, She could just wrestle anybody. You know, when we started this whole women's thing, we were talking about women who were ahead of their time, who were able to do this, work with women, and, and with, who probably didn't have a fucking clue what they were doing, Mickey, I wouldn't say was ahead of her time, but she was definitely very good very early, and it was she was able to carry that and not only do but instruct. She made right. a lot of women better just by being. And you mentioned the name earlier, Miss Tessmacher. Oh God, Brooke Adams. Ah, oh, I remember Brooke Adams. I remember her, and she made her look fucking good too. So that to me, that's one of her biggest contributions is how long she's been doing this, and how high a level she's been doing it for. Because right. we just said she's 41, and if you put it, or you put all the women talent in a bottle right now, she still might be my number one pick today. Like, if you said uh, you have access to every woman in the industry right now, you can start a women's division, where do you start? And the obvious picks would probably be one of the four horsewomen. But if you're talking about getting a player coach who's going to yield benefits for you right now, man, Mickey James would be hard to turn down, right. even right now. Yeah. Yeah. So 
That's Mickey James. Uh, That's Mickey amazing. James, man. Oh my God, she's. I can't stop looking at her. I got to extra page out. All right, I got to extra page out. I got to get out of here. <laughs> I got to stop looking at her face. It's just so gorgeous. All right, moving on. Uh, the next person we're going to talk about here is probably one of the first, one of the first women that I notice as looking past her physical right like not really paying attention to how attractive she is to be honest with you i didn't really learn or i can't identify in my brain of looking at lita as someone who was sexy not to say that she wasn't sexy because lord knows this woman is um, gorgeous hot tamale body like holy crap a body like whoa <laughs> Dude, she is fit she she looks great she's amazing so that's not to take away from her actual physical appearance i'm just thinking like mentally where i was at that time how young it was everything like that and the things that i always heard if i'm remembering correctly didn't she have like a uh like a fancy debut like wasn't she like Am I thinking of her wrong like didn't she have like some kind of debut where like it was a surprise or something um, no, not a surprise. Uh, you're talking about her debut into the WWE. Yes. Okay, so when she debuted... Because I'm trying to remember. I can't remember. She was hired because of her unusual athleticism, right? So she was one of the first ones to adapt the Mexican style as a female. And in ECW, yes. she was Miss Congeniality. She was whipping head scissors and tope, all this crazy shit. So she got hired, and because of that style, when she debuted in the WWE, she debuted as the, technically was it a valet? I don't know, because she did moves. I guess a manager. We'll, we'll just, for now. She was managing S.A. Rios. She oh, was, yeah. They were coming, they came in as a, as a, I actually thought she was Mexican because of that. When she first came in, because she had like she has like these slanted, like these kind of chinky eyes. She was tanned with the right tan. She yeah, she, but she was bro. She was tanned. I think she was darker than Rios. So I was right. like, oh, and then she was doing the Mexican shit. So I'm like, yeah. my my first thought was I thought she was a luchadora. That's right. what I thought she was. Like they unmasked her, and because remember, S.A. Finos was Aguila, so he he was masked. And then they removed his mask. So I just thought maybe she was a luchadora and they removed the mask. But, mm-hmm. I, you know, later we, we find out that wasn't the case. And, we, and she's from she's from fucking North Carolina, which is the farthest fucking place from Mexico you can get. <laughs> so I was like, no, she's not. But that was, I wouldn't say a surprise. What surprised right. was what she was able to do. Because in right. that debut, she hit a head scissors in that match. And we were like, holy fuck. Yeah, I just always remember... Her being the first person that was hyped on her wrestling, yeah, and not about the way she looked. That's the that's my earliest fond memory of Lita is this woman can wrestle. But yeah. I think that was like the first time me personally mm-hmm. ever hearing about a woman being talked about her athleticism and not the size of her boobs. So that's why she kind of stood out to me. And then when, as you watch her, it's like, wow, she really is good. And then yeah. obviously she gets together with two of the greatest tag teams. And then as we spoke of before, you take those tag teams and split them apart. You know what I mean? And they're mm-hmm. probably four of the greatest 
influences on wrestling in the world, right? Especially like right now, she was a part of all that storyline too. So she was just a, she's one of the females out of all the females that we're going to talk about that I probably have the closest relationship with as far as like watching her on screen and like hearing other people talk about this Lita girl. She's legit. Like she's, she, she's not in there to be in a bra and panty and be like, oh, look at her. She's sexy. It's like, oh, this girl is going to beat your ass when you get in the ring. Yeah, uh, 2001, I want to say. Definitely before it and definitely after it, but 2001. You got Stone Cold Steve Austin. You got The Rock, The Undertaker, Triple H, McFoley. I mean, you got, a, you got a Hall of Fame cavalcade of talent during that time. I've heard many people, including people who worked there at the time, who will tell you, Lita was either equal to or possibly even more popular than any one of those guys. He, right. She, she's on this list. We're discussing her, yes, because she's she was hot as fuck, and not just looks. Because remember, she was doing the Team Extreme deal, so she's got the mesh and the thong sticking out, and the attitude and the swag, and she just was. She wasn't just beautiful. She was fucking hot. Like yeah. there was an attraction to her. And then, like you said, she gets in the ring and she fucking gets it done. She was in the first cage match, like we talked about with Victoria. She was the one who caught the boot early in the match. She got split open and still wrestled for 15 more minutes. So not only is she fucking beautiful, not only can she work, she's tough as fuck. She was perfect. I honestly don't think there would have been a better feat. If if Lita was not with Team Extreme, putting any female in that group would have made no sense at all. No, she is none. the only thing and that would it. have stood next to them. Yes. And it makes sense. Remember. And it only makes sense. She wasn't just the girl. She stood out. Yeah. She wasn't the girl. She, she was, was the star was of the Matt. team. It was Matt, Jeff, and, and Lita. And they were accompanying Lita to the ring. Yeah. Dude. Remember, with the Hardys, when the Hardys debuted, they were the young handsome just chicks loved them they had they oozed fucking sex appeal themselves and there was a thought in the in the in management we got to put a girl with them this would be perfect their first thought was terry runnels i don't know if you remember that the tit the tit, the tit the terry invitational tournament that the hardys won to get terry and they had terry for a while and it didn't work because terry didn't terry was i mean she looked like their fucking mom bro i know her tits were out the whole time but she didn't interact with them the same way. They did not fit. Lita yeah, I, fucking I, I, fit. I brought up some pictures. I remember now. I remember yeah. her now. Yeah, Lita no, that, that fucking was, fit. Don't get perfectly. me wrong. Hot is all hell. Hot as fuck. Like, yeah, but she was older, more sense. mature. It didn't make sense. She's much more clean cut. Hot. Yeah. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Lita, they need something rugged. They need something yeah. a little bit more tough. And especially more. someone with Team Extreme that could be extreme. Someone right. with the Hardys that, first of all, Team Extreme is not their fucking name. Team Extreme is the name of the group, of the right. three of them. Of the three of them, right. Yeah, right. it's the Hardy Boys, it's Lita. When they're together, it's Team Extreme. And the reason why they put Team Extreme on them is because all three fucking members were fucking extreme. There's nothing yeah. extreme about Terry, except from what I've heard, uh, the head game is pretty extreme. Other than that, <laughs> other than that... It really isn't shit else happening with Terry fucking Runnels. And as hot as she was, you can the way that Terry was presented on camera was very mature, very older. You know, she didn't look old, but she carried herself like a grown adult fucking woman who's been around right. for a while. Right. Lita 
while an adult woman, still had very teenager-like features. She had yeah, a very, wild child. Yeah, very free, very kid-like as far as her excitement and her enthusiasm to what she was doing. And she would go to the ring, and the people just fed off of her. WrestleMania 21, the TLC2 match, best pop of the night when Lita took that shirt off and then took that spear into the fucking, was it into, the, it was the spear on the floor she took it from Rhino. She took the gore. And people were like, are you fucking insane? Why would she bump in this match? Because she's Lita. Yeah. And they couldn't get her into a match. And she's, I just mentioned, probably top five, the most popular act on the show. And she didn't have a match. So they gave her a spot on the fucking card. And it was probably one of the biggest pops of the fucking night. That's how fucking over. When that song, ding, 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 and the eyes, her eyes. Oh my god, that screen. intro is so serious. Oh my god, it it it, it gives me goosebumps thinking about it now. She's, right now, yeah, I literally she's on right now. she's on that list right now out of pure and outright respect. I mean, she broke her neck, was out for a year, came back more badass than ever, and with bigger tits. Bonus, <laughs> and she turned and that's into what's funny a heel against it, man, her will. Because- Honest to God, like, I would, in theory, the whole Edge and Lita sex scene thing and the ring sounds extreme, like, that's something I would really want to see. But then when you see it, (laughs) it's just like, I don't want to see her like this. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I I would love to see her body, but not like this. Yeah. Not not like this. Is that the 16 candles? Not like this. Not like this, man. Not like this. Well, you know, it was uncomfortable to watch live, and now that I know the backstory to how that went down and what was discussed during, it makes it even more awkward to watch again. I don't think I could ever watch it again, knowing how the both both of them, Edge and uh, to a degree, uh, Lita, not to a degree, let me reverse that. Lita, and then to a degree, Edge, um, and how uncomfortable they were to even fucking do it in the first place, and how much pressure went into it, and the whole deal. So now, now I feel uncomfortable watching it. But it was awkward at the time. Yeah. Uh, at the time, I was like, I, I don't know, because it was so it slow. It was so slow. It was socks, and then a jacket. I was right. like, "Oh my God, this is this would be awkward in a hotel room by ourselves." This, yeah, this- it's just a weird. It's just it was just a weird thing. It's like I don't know. It's just certain vibes that certain women give you, right? Like I don't know if, if women feel the same way about like dudes or whatever the case may be, but like there are some girls who are okay with exposing their body in certain ways that kind yeah. of feeds into your brain. Like, dude, I would love to see them look a certain, like whatever, right? Like and you fantasize about them or whatever the case may be. With Lita, it's more of like they sexualize her with the, you know, the thong or like, but it, it came off more like, it, more like edgy and, and it wasn't meant to be sexy. It's just kind of like who she is. It's not like it wasn't really her exposing herself. So when they started to get into that groove where they tried to like actually start to sexualize her, when she became more of a manager and less of like a wrestler, yeah, um, it just it just come it just came off weird. Like I I just didn't like it. I'd like to see her the other way. Yeah. I'd rather her dress the way she dressed with Team Extreme, where she still looks amazing, but I know she's coming to punch you in the mouth. Yeah. Yeah, it, it felt more natural the other way. It looked like she was really trying hard to be a heel without right. being a complete, unrelatable bitch. But it, they made it really hard, it, especially since Edge was so on as a heel. 
Edge right. was on as a heel, and Alita had to kind of keep up with that. And I think she did her job. I'm not saying yeah. she did a bad job, but you notice as soon as that shit was over, she went, <clears throat> excuse me, she went back to being a face almost immediately. Right. Um, especially during the Legends phase. Now, now she's a part of the Legends squad. Now she's right. on the Legends team, and they they bring her out every once and again for the big pop. She was also the one who gave out the new women's title at that WrestleMania match I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, the triple threat match when they finally retired the Divas title and brought back the women's championship. Lita was the one who presented it. Right. So that that was a, a good tip of the cap to the past there on that. So, well, she's a four-time women's nah, yeah, champion. She's got a lot of stuff, man. She has a women's championship tournament in 2006, WWE Women's uh, Champion Tournament in 2006. And then inducted into the Hall of Fame, the WWE Hall of Fame, in 2014. Mm-hmm. And if you notice, folks, uh, no TNA. She did not go over to the other side, which is, as I'm assuming, the reason why she's still held in such high regard with the fucking company. Because she never went. Yeah. If you notice, she... as a continuing theme from the people that we mentioned earlier, we we're like, yeah. oh, they went to TNA too. Yep. And then look, look where they are now with the company as opposed to before. And right. Lita and Trish are still treated as goddesses in that country, uh, country in that company, and the other ones are respected. But you know, it's whatever. And uh, yeah, so that's Lita, man. Can't I mean we could do all. She's one of those people that you could literally do an entire episode on. Probably she's just got so much. It's just fun to talk about her. Talking about her matches were great. We mentioned her a lot for the weddings too. She's had a bunch of those. (laughs) She's put in definitely. She put in some work. Is she the only WWE female to having a uh, to have a miscarriage? No, Lita. I'm not Lita. Terry had one too. Now that I'm thinking about it. Oh my god! But actually, no. She she faked her pregnancy. She claimed miscarriage, but it ended up being fake. I remember that. And then they had D'Lo running around like crazy because they made D'Lo feel like he caused the miscarriage by knocking her off the ring ropes. And I remember that. So legit, at least for that miscarriage, it was a lie. She wasn't really pregnant. This one, they were like, no, yeah, she had a she had a kid, and we killed it. And and yeah. uh, you know, crazy. progress the storyline a little bit. Shit, wrestling does. It's just insane, oh, yeah, I know. dude. So this last person we'll talk about single-handedly opened my eyes to realize that not only some, but a lot of amazingly beautiful women come from Canada. Woo! Jesus uh, Christ. You're man. not going to like where I'm headed with this, but go ahead. Man, we'll see what happens, what you say. <laughs> but all I'm saying is, is that I was now, now the complete opposite. Everything that I said about Lita, as far as like, uh, like how I was exposed to her and the way like I saw her in my eyes is with her. My first draw to Trish was just how crazy this woman looked like her face was almost perfection like she was just beautiful and then she started to become a wrestler and then she she went from just being you know the person that looks great to someone who's actually starts working in the ring and and correct me if i'm wrong she had a pretty long run as the champion as well right yeah 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 she kind of somewhat carried the women's division she was the women's division everything was wrapped around her seven-time women's champion yep so what do you got to say that's okay. gonna that you're 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 bracing everybody for? I, I was I was tainted when she debuted. I was tainted. Mm-hmm. I I am a wrestling person. 
I am right. a wrestling purist, so to speak. I get blamed for this all the time. A bit of a historian. I'm okay. a protector of the business, so to speak. So I was exposed to Trish originally through her modeling as, oh, okay. a, as a fitness model, right? And she was a fitness model who just happened to like wrestling. And when that was the case, I was cool. I was like, oh, everyone's a fan, right? Especially in that era, late 90s. Yeah, everyone's a fan, right? But she used her modeling to get into the WWE. Right. And this was before that became a cool thing. Before Soldier Boy and Bow Wow could just decide on a whim on fucking Twitter, yeah, I'm going to join the WWE tomorrow. Like, fuck it, right? Like, Bad Bunny is the 24-7 champion. This was at a time period when it was almost impossible to do that. Now you can just do it in 140 characters. You could just tell the world on Twitter, I have a blue check mark and I'd like to be in the WWE, and then they just hire you on the spot. This, right. this, this was a different time. So I didn't know. I was just a fan at the time. I didn't know about Ron Hutchinson, her her uh, exclusive, uh, well, not exclusive because she he ran a whole school, but I didn't know that she went to school and took the time to learn the craft, right. to get into the ring, to take the bumps. I didn't know that she was also sitting down with Dave Finley, one of the best wrestlers to never make it really that huge, uh, but also one of the most renowned in the world professional wrestling trainers on the planet okay right. she had two she had two teachers that have trained the best okay but i didn't know it at the time all i knew was some big titty blonde bitch from canada <laughs> was trying to get into the wwe and make a name for herself and right. and so i was tainted from day one now this is this is a time mind you where that information isn't not accessible like, like it is today. Yeah, exactly. This was like literally, you could have been like, "Oh, Trish, who the heck is this chick?" Yeah. And then, literally, in twenty minutes, that information would have got to you, and your whole start of like like that, like you said, the the intro to her would have been completely different. Yeah, dirt sheets were different back then. I, I didn't know about all the training stuff. I didn't know about and and I come to find out, she did a lot of local radio. Uh, up in Toronto before she became the big wrestler. She was doing a lot of radio and doing a lot of stuff like that. And she was talking about her training then. So I, I but I I don't live in fucking Toronto, so I didn't know. So all I know is that some big boo blonde idiot from fucking Canada who's fresh off the muscle mags is gonna try to come into the WWE and make some money. And I went, Oh, this is bullshit. Fuck this bitch. I I I had an I had a chip on my shoulder. So she comes into the WWE and she debuts as the manager for TNA, Testin Albert. And the first thing she does is she takes large amounts of tape, I can only assume, and hikes her titties so far up, I could barely see her fucking forehead. They were all the way up past her fucking eyes. I'm like, this is what I didn't want to see, right? Because I right. knew this is exactly what was going to happen. She was going to come in here and just be fucking be ass and titties over the top. And I'm sure, it, I sh even then, I was like, I'm sure the McMahons are like, yep, put them up. And uh, she was oiled from head to toe at all fucking times. I'm like, she either has a sweat gland issue or she keeps <laughs> bumping into that damn oil table all the time. Why is she so wet and moist all the fucking time it was heat it was raw she was always whenever she came out with that stupid and she came out and she was just fucking covered in moisture all the time <laughs> and it fucking irked me because to me again folks muscle mag right so in the muscle mags that's how the models look 
Right, the oiled, muscles and everything. Right, else. it's oiled and spritzed, and they've got the wet hair, and that's and the how bronzing and all and that the stuff. bronzing. So I'm thinking she's taking her prior knowledge and she's incorporating it here. So I'm just yeah. getting angry and angry and angry. We fast forward, and I'm gonna keep the. I'm, I know I'm going too long here, but we we skip over. There's a I had, I lost it because that just reminded me because this is where it changed for me. So there's a six man tag. Or six-person tag took place mm-hmm. fully loaded, 2000. I remember this match like the back of my hand because when it was over, my opinion had changed. So it was Tess Albert, Trish versus the Hardys and Lita. And this is where Trish and Lita kind of began. And they got into a six-person tag, and I thought the whole time they're going to do the Weasley Heel manager shit. All the shit that I gave Brendan in Texas, remember? Mm-hmm. That's the traditional weaselly heel, can't do too much, so let's try to protect him. But nope, Trish got the shit kicked out of her <laughs> in a big fucking way. And I went, oh, so she can't take an ass kicking. Hey. And then I would dabble back and forth because I'm like, because as soon as I get respect for her, then they do the bark like a dog thing. Inventors like bark, you know, crawl on, on your knees and beg for your job and all that shit. And she ate it and she ate it. And then she would do something like when she wrestled Steph one on one. And they got into it big time when Trish was the big heel sleeping with her dad. And all. I'm like, uh, all right, I'm trying to love her. I'm trying, right. but they're making it hard. Yeah, but that's no fault. All that stuff that you're saying is probably no fault to her. She got to do what she got to do to get where she was. Absolutely, and that's where I'm headed with this because this mm-hmm. is an example of how sometimes fans feel when they watch even as even today's product. They're right. watching it through a certain set of eyes. Right. So in 2001, we fast forward, and now we to call back something that we spoke about with Jazz. Jazz right. comes into the scene now. There's a women's championship available to the women now. And obviously, based on your opening to this part, uh, they felt the same way. You just look at Trish and you say, God damn, yes, we have to do something with this. Look at fucking this. And it was Dave Finley, uh, his brother Fit, who you're probably familiar with, Fit Mm -hmm. Finley. Fit Finley, And Jazz sat down with Trish. And we said, and they said, you look fantastic, sweetie, but if you're really going to last here, you got to know what you're doing. And they broke her ass down and built it up, and she became a champion. You know, that means something, because yeah. real wrestlers looked at her and said, look, we see what you're doing, yeah. and we see what they're trying to do with you. Right. And but you're you not ready for do that. that. You can do that just fine and be, have a perfectly fine career here, but I think they saw that she really wanted to do it for real. Yeah, she and wanted that she couldn't shake. She was almost, it seems or sounds like she's almost cursed by her beauty Yeah, because she wants to wrestle, but they want to sexualize her because she's just so gorgeous and she has a crazy body. And se- at, especially at that time, sex is, is just everything. Yeah. Like that's selling everything. So it's almost as if they were like, look, Sweetheart, we're gonna put you under our way and get you some real I f- I some think, real deal here. I think Trish saw what Lita did and said, Well, not what Lita did. I think she saw what Lita was and she said, I wanna do that. Because right. you explained it perfect. When Lita performs, you can look at her and say, Yeah, she's fucking hot, but she can go. I can right. look past her looks 
and appreciate her for a talent. Trish, it's very hard at that time. It was very hard to look past her looks because she had so much looks and right. and not a whole lot of wrestling to help you. And that's not it. even to say that Trish is hotter than Lita because I personally don't think that's the case. No, I'm not saying that either. I'm just, I right, think. Right. No, no, I I'm just making this, a comment on what you're saying. Yeah, I think Trish saw that Lita made it look very attainable to be both beautiful and respected as an in-ring competitor. Right, Trish right. was already considered beautiful. She got that part, right? She's hot. I'm hot. I know that. But they don't look at me as a fucking competitor. They right. look at me as someone who basically is a just... A pair of tits. A pair of tits who could bump on occasion. I want to go in there and I want to fucking do this for real. How do, right, I go, right. how do I go about that? And they said, okay, come in the ring and we'll fuck you up for about a year. <laughs> yeah, and then when yeah. that year is over, it's going to be dope. Jazz, I know for a fact... I had a big hand in that, and I can't yeah. wait to meet her. I haven't had a chance to meet her yet, but I will be meeting her for the first time on May 22nd, which is a plug for a, later on in the show. I'm kind of tipping my hand, but it plays here because I'm going to be working with Jazz in May. Awesome. And I would love for A, to ask her that question about that, and B, to see if it's possible maybe she can answer that question here on the show. That would be pretty cool. Good luck with that. Uh, well, I mean, it may not be as difficult as you think, but uh, I'm going to try. It, it, I'm, I'm telling you, it's going to probably just come down to a scheduling thing. But, right. um, yeah, but Jazz comes in, and all of a sudden, and remember, uh, well, I don't know if you will remember, I don't know how many people saw it, but uh, that, that matchup where they crowned a new champion with Trish and Jazz was involved, that wasn't the first time they they went at it. Uh, they ran a program for a while, and that was – we mentioned earlier Bianca going to school with Sasha Banks. This was Trish going to the school of jazz. Right. And, uh, and she came out a fantastic competitor at the end of that. Not just that, a leader. She yeah. carried the women's division for at one point. I would I would almost, and, and years, shoot yeah. me down if I'm completely off, man. I would almost call her like the Cena, the women's division, man. She just no, she of, absolutely was. The only she difference... was a big part. You couldn't talk women's wrestling for... Yeah. How many years without talking about Trish? Yeah, and it, you made a good comparison when saying that she was the Cena of that division. The only difference was is that she was able to go from face to heel when necessary and still remain important in a top spot. When right. she was the baby face, she worked the top heel. When she became the heel, she was the top heel who worked with the top baby face. Right. And she continued through that. Until her eventual retirement, and I think it was two thousand seven. I want to say, right. And then, uh, and then she retired, was gone for forever, and came back in her hottest form, which was brunette Trish. Because oh I, I don't, I'm not a fan of blondes. They're fine, but I, brunette Trish was a winner for me. Uh, she's back to blonde though, and uh, even now, we were just saying before about Mickey James. Now Mickey James can still go right now if she wanted to. Uh, Trish was uh, we were always under the impression that Trish who's currently 45 who's only 4 years older than Mickey wow 45 she's approaching 50 and she looks like that uh, she Trish was gone for several several years and then came back and wrestled Charlotte at SummerSlam like she's been on the card f for the last few years right when you got it you got it yeah man. I was there at Evolution when she opened the show her and Lita team, teamed up and I remember being in that building when that song hit. And I was like, oh, my, I haven't felt this shit in years. And I got to see Lita's entrance live again. I was like, oh, my God. And they were wrestling Mickey. 
right. <laughs> and, uh, and Alicia Fox. And I was like, oh, Lord, this is the Legends match to start off the, the whole pay-per-view. Uh, but, yeah, but this woman here, when you think wrestling and you think women in the WWE, Trish is usually the first one that people will go to and they'll point at and they'll go, oh, yeah, that's my favorite right there. Even a lot of the women, because remember when they had the match with Charlotte, uh, that was part of the feud that Charlotte would tell the world, you know, Trish came from an era of divas, whereas I came, I now hold the torch for the era of women. You know, that kind of playing on the idea that, yeah, you were great in your era, but who did you fight? Who did you beat? Who, who did you compete against? Right. That roster wasn't nearly as deep as the one that I'm fucking with over here. And you're not ready for this shit. That was the basis of the whole feud. I like the fact that it wasn't about, well, you're too old to wrestle me. He's like, no, she's in shape. Because they can't run that angle. Look at her. Right. She does not look like fucking Mae Young over here. It's like this. She she looked younger than Charlotte did. So they can't yeah. run that. And they're like, but they're just going to go, oh, well, she was the top star of that era. I'm the top star of this era. You know, let's get that shit going. It, it would have been like a, a Cena-Austin match. Right. You know, Austin physically right now can fucking do it. Cena can fucking do it. But they and if they did, it would be two stars of different eras. So you'd have to you'd have to combine those two there. So yeah, Trish definitely needs to be talked about in 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 a top spot in the top light there. That's why she's the main event of the women's discussion today. There you go, man. Woof, that was a that was a rather long one for just four, but what more? I mean, we didn't even do we didn't even we didn't do all surface on each we one. We didn't of even do all of it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, We're just kind of going crazy. through the memories and, t- and having casual discussion about them. Next week is the last uh, weekend of International Women's Month, so I'm assuming we're going to go even deeper with a lot more women next week, just like we did for the African-American history. We're going to really yeah, go probably the very balls deep. I got a list. I'm going to send I you would, some names. I would like to be very light because when we did it, for last month, the last episode was it re- was much longer, um, yeah. th- like because we just spent more time talking about them. So I like to be a little light at the top and give us more time because there's a lot. Like, dude, we haven't. I was looking at some of the listings here of some of these women. I'm like, dude, we're not even cl- like this is gonna have to pop up again. There's way too many. Like, we'll go through it. Really though. good we'll, athletes. We'll so. have some fun with it. It'll be fun. It'll, it'll yes, be sir. good. It'll be good. So, yeah. So there you then, go. So as we complete our edition here, we, we got to talk a little bit about AEW from last night. Um, I haven't seen the whole show, but I woke up this morning to a barrage of messages and, and, and text messages. And did you see last night's main event? And I'm like, no, I didn't really give the chance. Oh, boy, you got to take a look. So I looked at it this morning. I sent it to you. Last night's main event for AW Dynamite was the Lights Out match. First ever women's main event. Well, to tie into this women thing we're, we're doing here. Uh, Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. One-on-one. No disqualification. Lights Out match. You seemed really excited when I sent it to you. What was your takeaway from this main event last night? It's, um, I have a... A couple like confusing feelings about this. Okay. Uh, wouldn't see, I didn't see the could, entire show? I didn't get a chance. Yesterday was like gnarly. I was I was on my groove yesterday. I literally did nothing. I worked all day. I got mad work done, 
And then I came home so exhausted. I watched, uh, I, I started watching How I Met Your Mother with, with the missus over here. And mm -hmm. she loves it. So now I'm on the How I Met Your Mother bandwagon again. Nice. And then we went to bed. So when I woke up, I'm like, all right, I got to watch AEW. At some point, I got to watch it. And then I, you know, I hit you up, whatever. And you said, yo, watch this before we go on to this. So I'm like, all right, cool. So when you said it to me, you know, you said it in a text and you like tap to preview. Mm -hmm. And all I see is color. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. And it's, it's it's brick that has the color mm -hmm. so i'm like why what is why does what is her what is her uh why is she trying to pull me in so much because my initial <laughs> thoughts why is she working so hard to get over with me is i didn't like her yeah at, like at all like not even like oh she's a heel no i just she's a body that she has a great body she looks fit but the whole gimmick and i'm just like oh she's obnoxious but not like the good obnoxious it's not like okay she's the bad guy so she's supposed to be that way it's just like uh something about her i just i just didn't she got like, that that go home heat with you draw to me at all and then as time goes on i'm getting used to the gimmick so i'm like okay I'm not hating her anymore. I'm just not a fan. And then as these matches she's having, she's just, something is becoming more and more apparent to me. And it, it jumped out significantly in this match. And what I'm starting to learn is I don't know her history. I don't know her wrestling history. I don't know what she's done before in the past, how she got here, what she was before to what she is now. But I'm starting to see just in the, the little bit that I've seen in AEW, her development. And boy, is she accelerating like fast. She is getting to the point now that she's almost, she has the, the, the presence in the ring like she's the leader. Right. She's starting to learn how to not just control the match, but like you can tell she just, she's starting to stand out as the veteran in the ring. And then I'm just telling you what I'm feeling from watching up okay. until this point. And then this match. So wrong. if I'm completely off the wall here, no, I'm literally just going off a of vibe and a little bit of information. So the whole gimmick thing is starting to draw on me. Now it's now to the point where I'm starting to respect her in ring to now where the gimmick is starting to work. Right. Like I, I, I guess maybe I respect her wrestling more than like, her doing what she's doing is starting to stand out. And if there's one thing about Thunder Rosa that I don't like, it's the opposite with Thunder Rosa. I think she looks great and she can move. And I, I like her in the ring and everything like that. But the thing with Thunder Rosa to me is she just seems a little unseasoned. Like she just seems like when she's in the ring, there are certain things that she does that I'm just like, oh, like it doesn't feel smooth. She's not bad. It just doesn't feel authentic. It doesn't feel smooth. She, she hesitates a lot. Like she's mm -hmm. trying to make decisions in her brain rather than letting it just kind of flow. Whereas the opposite with Brick, she just seems automatic. Like she's just, she's moving. She knows where she needs to be. And she's kind of like, guiding the match and those two together where you get these uh you get the skill and then brit's skill and then brit's ability to kind of control the match it just made an amazing match and they went super hardcore i don't i personally don't think i've ever seen this type of match with women and the way that they did it 
which brings me to my only and my biggest gripe. I'm basically just giving my full review, I guess, at this point. My only gripe and the thing that literally hit me like a ton of bricks at the end is this match is absolutely amazing. AEW dropped the fucking ball on this match. To have this match on a random-ass Wednesday is just a huge payout between these two for, like, there was no reason to have it right now. Like, if they were going to go in there and kill themselves the way that they did, and they were they were cutting, they were getting their color way better than the guys were getting the color. We were questioning the other day, like, like their cuts were just not in the right spot. Britt Baker stomps her head into the to the uh to the steps in which the commentary sold all the diamond ridged steps and then she gets up and she's leaking everywhere. I was like, dude, that that was perfect. And the same thing with Britt. She took the chair, she took the ladder straight to the face. She's hidden. You can't tell. And then she um she gets up and she just looks like freaking stone cold with just dripping all over her face. Oh, and just to rewind a little bit after she when Brit noticed, and this is why I'm I'm just falling in love with Brit, because I don't even think Rosa did this. The moment Brit saw she was leaking, she walked up to her and worked the cut. And that's what gave her more color. It's like, why aren't other people doing this? So I don't know. I think I'm falling in love with Brit. She's just her as a wrestler in general. She is moving around that ring right now. And she is demanding respect when she's out there on camera or whatever she's trying to do. So I, I kind of fell into my whole review of the match. But that shit was it was good. I just felt like it was wasted. God damn, bro. <laughs> I blacked out. You you broke all that shit down just now. <laughs> I got nothing to say. You broke it all down. What the fuck? I you left me nothing. No, no I'm, you got something. No, you always no. something. Uh, my biggest takeaway from this match uh, was the same as yours. Actually, this this should have never been on dynamite. This this should have never been on dynamite. I get that they did it. Uh, they put it in the main event position. So that they can say, oh, look, the first female main event in Dynamite history, which is, okay, fine. You could have used that main event spot to push this storyline further. There was no mandate that you needed to break, that you needed to blow this off now. You do a match between these two. And you were saying something before about Thunder Rosa not being seasoned. She's actually the veteran of the two. I actually think she's a better worker than Britt. This was not her environment. And it showed because this was a match that relied on setups and spots. And that's not Rose's. Oh, you just reminded me. There was two things that happened. And I don't know if Britt consciously did this, but there were two opportunities. One, when Rosa was busted and and Britt grabbed her head and lifted it up towards the camera. And Rosa fucked it up. And yeah. she swung at her, yeah. which kind of like ruined the shot. Yes. You notice that too. Yes. And I then was headed later there, yes. when Brick gets cut, yes. she directly at the camera. I'm getting fucking chills. Yeah. She directly at the camera and smiled. And I'm like, oh my God, if that's not in a fucking promo by next that's week. That's why she did it. Yep. That's the package right there. That's the package. That's going to sell it was, And she Rosa set her up for it up. two of them yes. in the same match. Rosa uh, is a wrestler. And uh, she's... Look, I'm, uh, she's not. First of all, 
I love the fact that the reaction after this, as soon as this great, fantastic match is over, if you don't watch AEW regularly, and you get a text message from your buddy, yo, turn this shit on right now, because it's this is you got to watch this, and you turn it on, and you invest, and you go, wow, these two women are amazing, and then at the end of it, you hear the fans yelling at Tony Khan, hey, you got to sign Thunder Rosa, wait a minute, wait a minute, she's not signed, I've been telling you, remember I told you, you texted me a little while ago, hey, the women's division's dope in AEW, I'm like, half of the women don't work here. No, no, no. Rephrase that because that's not what I said. I said, I think the women division is carrying AEW. Right. right They're not dope. They are the show. Yeah. And half of them don't work there. Yeah. You were telling me that. Yeah. And this is another reason why this is a mistake. This is a mistake because what happens is, is that we were talking before about the relationships, the working relationships that these companies are all having with AEW. Everyone seems to be benefiting from this shit except AEW. I mean, this match was fantastic. They benefited a little bit here. But then when people go, I want to watch this again. All right, well, I mean, you, Thunder Rosa will be around for a while, and then she's got to go. And then what's going to happen when she goes? The fans are probably going to go with her. That's fine. And they're just, hey, listen, at the end of the day, I'm never going to uh, instill criticism in this scenario. You know why? Because this match is is a testament to the mentality of the thing that I've personally been griping about in AEW, right? And it's one of the main reasons why I dislike when older or well-seasoned or people that are cult classics or whatever you want to call them, like the Kenny Omegas and the Young Guns mm-hmm. and these wrestlers. The Young Bucks? <laughs> have oh, Young Bucks, I'm sorry. Young Bucks who have all the... I don't follow them. I have, <laughs> Who have all the uh, respect in the world and I don't disrespect... like. I, I know where they come from. I know how hard they work. And I know this is their moment. But if this doesn't show you that the people in the back are not aware of what's going on in the women's division, which is absolutely ridiculous because women's wrestling has is leaps and bounds from what it was. So to have these women wrestlers who are uh, not only developing and growing into their own where I don't even think they should be on the same where they should have their own venue to wrestle at and their own show to be the focal point because they just need at this point in my brain it's they just need more exposure and more practice and they're going to surpass everybody else because they're just they're going in and they're just working so freaking hard but to have this level this caliber of match right underneath your nose yeah and to allow it to go onto television if you understood your stock you would not have let this go on dynamite. You would not have done it. But I think they're so lost into what they're doing and their moments and and the the things that they got going on. And unfortunately, I think the guy who's who's running it again. This is my criticism, not yours. The guy who's running it um, is just so infatuated in in like the Japanese women. Ha- huh? He's in Omega's in love with the Japanese women. No, 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 not him, the uh, Tony Khan. Khan. Am I thinking that's in right? He's so infascinated with everything that's going on. And, you know, he has this respect and everything for these guys that are at such the higher level that I I don't think people understand what's happening in the women's division. So if that's the case and they're going to let some shit like this fly on a dynamite, this is only going to, if I'm Thunder Rosa right now and I'm not signing, you come up to me with a contract, that better be a high tier contract. They can't. 
she she just resigned with NWA while she was wrestling with AEW in the interim because NWA hasn't been running because of the the whole COVID right. deal. While wrestling on AEW television, her contract went up. They well, offered her a deal. A they offered her a deal, and she chose the NWA. Well, I tell you what, I hope it was a that's one year I'm or pl- short term. That's because why if she I'm keeps having matches tell... like this, I promise you they're not paying her properly. That's why I'm trying to tell you and I'm trying to tell other people out there who agree with you, who are going to sit there and tell me the women's division in AEW is great. Is it? Because the women's division doesn't really exist. These women that you guys are watching and they're like, yeah, they're great. They don't fucking work there. Here today, It's not tomorrow. their fucking division. Britt, Reba, Rose. Where is Britt? Britt Baker. No, no, not who. I said where. Where is Britt? I'm naming AEW talent right now. Britt. Oh, oh okay, okay. These okay, are the yeah, ones yeah. they do have. Britt. Rose, right? Nyla Rose. Sheeta. Great, they have great, Sheeta, great. right? Yep. I'm missing someone. Hold on. Brett, uh, Britt. Rose. Sheeta. I'm talking about active right now. That they have a con- I can't even think of another one. There wasn't many. I think you literally no. told me like Riho. Re- well, Riho. There you go. There's the other one. Okay, that's the Japanese one. They did sign. They have her on a contract. Riho. The other one that won the tournament, right? Or re- the other Riho or Rio, uh, not contracted. Uh, uh, Thunder Rosa, not contracted. Serena, not contracted. They have Anna J, and I think they have Tanara Conti, but. Anna Jay is 21 years old, and she just broke her fucking leg. She's gone for a year. And Tayana is about as green as the Brazilian flag she comes out to the ring with, so she's no help. She's going to she's gonna take time. They just had a women's tournament, and they only got like four fucking people. Chris Statlander is another one they have signed, broken something. She's out. Penelope Ford is one they have on the contract, never wrestles in matches. Except for maybe AEW Dark, which, let's face it, no one's watching. Except for the people who follow AEW on YouTube. On TV, not a whole lot of matches. And Penelope Ford, while athletic, isn't exactly the greatest wrestler either. AEW contractually only really has three good ones. Right. And their wrestling and their best matches so far have been with the non-AEW women. Right. So if you're going to tell me the division is great, I'm going to agree with you because that's what it appears to be, especially after last night's main event. How can you sit here and say that it's not? But I would like it to stay hot. And for that to happen, they're going to have to start signing some women with some fucking talent and some uh. ability to do this on a full-time basis. You said it yourself. Thunder Rosa has been doing this for a while, and she's not new to the game. Thunder Rosa has been on MLW television. She's the former NWA women's champion, so she's been on their television, and yet had no idea that with color, you should face the camera so the fucking camera can see it. Right, right, right. She had to be told and grabbed by the younger member of the match who sold her shit magnificently. That's the picture being shared on Facebook. That's what was sent to me this morning. Did you see the match? Nope. And then they sent me the picture. Holy fuck, what did I miss? Right. And it made it me look that point, link out. It almost to the point that I, I'm kind of starting to be a little bit conditioned with AEW that I don't want to watch the rest of the, the episode. Because <laughs> I feel like it's going to piss me off even more that they allowed that match to end whatever was before it. And I yeah. promise you, it was even close to the caliber of that match. She broke thumbtacks out. And not only did she, not only did she break it out, 
Not only, okay, not only did she show color and smile, then grab the bag attack, stand up, use another intelligent thing and open it with her face so that the yeah. shot is her leaking blood opening a bag of thumbtacks, pours it, takes the bump, puts her finisher in and has, says, hey, I have thumbtacks in my back already. Why not reverse my finisher with thumbtacks and roll me back into it? Oh, oh, oh. And then to finish it, Use my finisher, use your finisher on me off the apron through the table. If, if Why yeah. is this on dynamite? If we're going to, like a second ago when I just said, I, I, you know, a talent like Thunder Rosa, if you want to keep the level of talent up, you got to sign Thunder Rosa. Here's, here's the one major positive of this match. Between the two, Britt came out looking way better than Rosa. And Britt, that's not look, to say that Rosa looked I'm bad, after this. but this was not her element. She's a wrestler, and apparently the nuances of an extreme-type match like this are lost on her because she missed a few cues that she had. And she did the facials. There's a spot where when she first starts bleeding and she's backing up, she's on the ground, she's backpedaling, she's making the obvious facial features of, oh, my God, I'm bleeding, and she makes that little frantic little face. But it's not at any particular camera or direction. I, I really feel like, it was luck that she was facing the hard cam when she did it because she no. wasn't looking in any particular direction. Right. It wasn't right, like right, she right, was, right, right, right. it wasn't like she was identifying the hard or identifying a Rome or leaning over the rope and getting a close up shot. She was just kind of backpedaling, backpedaling with the blood coming down. Britt looked specifically for a Dude, camera Brit and gave that fucking smile. Oh my God. And, and the commentators had a chance to play with that. Because they were like, oh, my God, look at that smile. She's she's in the zone. She's enjoying herself at this point. She's just right. inflicting damage. That stuff, when I tell wrestlers all the time, because I'm a commentator, right? And I tell wrestlers all the time, I'll call whatever you do. If you don't do anything to the audience, if you don't do anything to me, if you don't do anything to the camera, I'll call the moves. No problem. But if you want me to get your character over, you better do something else. That right. I can play with. It's on you as a performer. You got to know how to do that. And can we even comment in the last the last four individuals that have shown color? Uh, that being Omega. Um, why am I drawing a blank? Moxley. On his name? You know, Moxley. Thank you. I keep. I don't know why I keep forgetting. Omega. Tr Omega bladed and didn't get a whole lot from it. Moxley got a nice little, little a, a nice little amount from it. But Jericho very quickly. Yeah, Jericho got it. Uh, last week when he got uh, supposedly hit with the diamond ring, which completely right. missed his head by a few feet, and yet he was still bleeding. Oh, even even that right. was a trickle. Chuck Taylor yep. went through a plate glass window with his face and and was only bleeding from his arm. Right, and so then the uh, uh, and then hold on, and Thunder Rosa cut gently where there was some color, but if it wasn't for Britt opening, opening her it up, up, yeah. She wouldn't have really gotten color. Yeah, it would have but stopped. But why did it look like a freaking massacre when Britt cut herself? Because Britt found the spot. Everyone we just mentioned, besides from Chris Jericho, who should know better, right. and probably does, and just decided to do it the other way because fuck that, right? I'm assuming he wore, because that's a rule in wrestling. If you know you're going to get color, wear a white shirt. That's wrestling 101. If you know you're going to bleed, wear the white shirt. Because nothing shows blood better than the white shirt, right? right? So he wore the white shirt 
And I, I, saw, I saw it coming, but then when he got it, he only got the trickle. It wasn't that big. And I'm like, all right. So it, Chris knows. Yeah, but where's sweet the spots. ring present? Where's the a, ring presence to work it? Every skill, every skull has a weak spot. Where if you nick it just right, it's gonna come to a point where you might not even be able to stop it right away. Right. Forget dry up. It's just gonna continuously flow. Britt, I don't know if she was told beforehand or if she physically went looking around. I don't know. She got it right on the fucking money. You can see exactly where she is because they pan the camera above her looking down. And you can see where her head was down when she did it. Obviously, the camera guys are are getting pretty good at, like, you know, moving the camera around so they could work. And right where Britt, it was, man, it was just spots and pools of blood everywhere. So you could tell the moment she hit it, it was just pouring out of her face. Yeah. So... I don't know, man. This That's was a, a missed this, opportunity. This could have been a, a gigantic pay-per-view payoff for them. But I, like you said, I don't think they saw this program or this feud in that light. Where no. they were like, oh, I don't think they saw the talent this. in that light. Well, because it ain't got nothing issue. to do with the feud. If you believe in your talent, you'll know yeah. that they're going to bring something big to the table. Even if you didn't know that, right? Even if they kept that under, it was like, yo, we're going to we're gonna blow the lid off of this place, man. Watch. No one's going to see it coming. That's, that's between the two wrestlers to decide that they're going to go balls to the walls like that. But you need to understand that if you have this who's showing on her own, I believe she's showing it on her own that she is a ring general and she's going to become a ring general and her awareness and her presence inside of that ring is just, it stands out. Even I think she controls the ring much better than a lot of the guys right now, just, just from what I'm seeing lately of her. And then you have Thunder Rosa who's well-spoken of, like, I don't know much about her, but I've heard like, she, you know, she's really good and she's got a lot of work in and, this woman is a wrestler and someone you should be paying attention to. And to put both of these guys in the ring to have what I would even freaking deem you add a, you add an extra, like few more minutes to this. And this may not main event, but it's definitely a WrestleMania like match that could have blown the lid off the joint, what they were doing. And you showed it on dynamite. I'm telling you, I bet you a lot of people back there were slapping their foreheads. Like, there's no way they just had this match right no, now. No, they showed. I don't, if you go back to the YouTube, there's an aftermath video uh, of the, of the what was it? Who was they following? I think it was following Britt to the locker room or whatever and, and Thunder Rosa and the whole show being over. And they just kept putting over how awesome it was. I don't think anybody cared about the fact, oh, damn, we could have used that later. I don't even think it was a thought in their fucking head. They're like, oh. We must have gotten some great ratings. We're going to get some great ratings after this one. Oh, great job. Tony Khan comes off like such a fucking fan when he talks to these people. What a great op- what, what, what great effort. This, this was, this was a, you know, this whole show was great. This whole show was great. Match of the year candidate. I'm like, I mean, what? What are you talking about? He talks in terms of wrestling like, like the magazines do. Match of the year candidate. This, this is a show of the year candidate. Like, what are you talking about? I don't know. I don't know. He, Whatever. Gonna, if anything, it might now. work in their benefit, man, because now Thunder Rosa just, A, got some, hopefully got some exposure to something that she's going to, you know, if she's of the caliber yeah. that people say she Mo- is, I'm yeah. sure. Moving forward, she's going to have to look at this tape take again. in a lot of this stuff, yeah. which is only going to raise her stock later. And if oh, she's yeah, not no. locked anywhere, she's just, it's just this is just going to pay off 
much later. And then on top of that, this match alone is going to inspire a lot of these women to want to have these type of matches, which is only going to pay off in other places much better. So, which is a problem to a degree. If you're telling me that this is going to inspire some of this women to increase their workload and, and, and get better as performers and strive to try to get higher on the card, I'm with that. I don't need a bunch of women's hardcore matches moving forward. This doesn't need to be a regular fucking thing. This worked because this had a program. Our our nitpicking is the fact that they blew this program off way too soon and not in the right spot. They gave it on a random-ass Wednesday when they should have had more respect uh, attached to it. Right. This match wasn't put together on a whim. It wasn't just, hey, let's put Brett and Rosa in a hardcore match. They've been feuding with each other for a while. Right. And now they've been was, telling, it feels like they've been telling their own story. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like they did it against their fucking will. Like, like they, like they did it in spite of whatever the company wanted to do. Like they're making their own fucking thing happen. So if you're telling me that, uh, this match will now motivate these other women to be like, damn, I want to compete on that caliber. I want to compete at that level. I'm going to co-sign that heavy. Come on, step it up. But I don't need a bunch of... Like, if we can get Kenny, who's an EVP, if we can get him away from hardcore matches, I'd be straight. He didn't do a whole lot of these before AEW. All of a sudden, he gets to AEW, he can do whatever he wants, and it's becoming a thing. But we don't... I need him away from it, too. There's only really certain people that can pull this kind of stuff off, and the people that are doing them aren't those people i have discovered now as of last night in the right setting in the right light in the right position and with the right story brett and um, brett brit baker can do one hell of a blow-off match now i hope if you're going to do anything as far as eye opening i hope now tony and the rest of the boys are in the back going holy shit okay next time we do this with brett we're gonna have to really you know blow some of that money on the budget and trying to make this a bigger thing because she she she's obviously at this stage in her career money and uh i'm not big on the wrestling observer awards that come out every year with match of the year and wrestler of the year i'm not big on that because those things are fucking those those things are jokes right Right. They're, 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 they're bullshit but when they announced most improved wrestler i actually thought they were gonna go with jay uso on that just based on the way that he did everything, the way he did it with Roman Reigns and stuff. But they gave it to Britt Baker. And upon retrospect, I'm like, I'm going to have to co-sign that. I think she is. Because at least Jay, I mean, Jay was already a champion. He just improved as a singles guy. Britt changed everything. She just became a whole new person. And now she's becoming this big, huge star. Right. And I can't wait. I can't wait for her contract to be up. Because you know... Her fiance on the other channel is going to be petitioning hard. Who's her uh, fiance? Adam Cole. Oh, okay. they're going to have the most athletic child of all time, uh, <laughs> with great teeth, by the way. With great teeth. Great teeth and fantastic hair. Because both of these guys, uh, both Britt and Adam, have fantastic hair. So this is going to be one handsome devil or some beautiful lady they're going to get. I mean, this is going to be gifted. Hey man, look, Britt, she's got me, man. She's got me hooked. She's got me hooked. I'm, I'm like, if there's one thing I took out of it, because honestly, the hardcore aspect wasn't even like, it was whatever, like it was cool. And that, that to me is what screamed, you know, we shouldn't be doing this here. Yeah. But it, I was more impressed with just her control and her confidence mm-hmm. and the way She's feeling like, it. those things that I pointed out to you that I saw her 
consciously do. It wasn't an accident. She did these things on purpose and you don't see that much anymore. So she yeah. stood out like a sore thumb, man. She's, she's got me hooked. It was really good stuff. It was Ooh. such great shit. It was good. Such great shit. This, uh, we're recording this on Thursday. Uh, tomorrow, Friday, uh, we have a whole new series coming out. I'm getting excited. My wife's excited. She wasn't a big fan of the first series we just saw, but she's super excited for the newer one. Uh, tomorrow, or yesterday, if you're hearing this on Saturday, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier on Disney+. Plus. We're running low on time, but I wanted to get into this a little bit. Not necessarily Falcon, but the series before it. Uh, a little WandaVision. Now, you got yes. a chance to watch it on your own. And if I'm not mistaken, I think you watched it again with the wife. Is that is that correct? Yes, sir. I saw it twice from beginning to <laughs> ah, end. There you go. And I fucking loved it both times. Both times. Now, what loved do you it. say to the criticism about that slow start? Because that's the point of controversy. A lot of people who, who watched, who wanted to watch this, got two episodes in and went, nah, fuck this. And they just fucking left. And they it, left out at just all the, the wrong time. <laughs> so, um, uh, I think in this in this manner, the releasing every week hurt them in that in that aspect. Because if you could binge it by the time, but I think if you could binge it by the time you hit episode two, the end of it, because I got that feeling too. And then when you hit three, it it does a complete one eighty. It yeah. changes completely. Yeah, and, it, and then it starts to get to the point where you get the TV stuff. But like once they get into that Marvel, you can literally you can literally feel it when it goes from TV show to Marvel. Like the whole mood changes and it gets intense and gets really, 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 really good. My second time, and the reason why I say this is because my second time around, I appreciated the first part way more. Way, yeah, way, yeah. way, way more. All more support for my claim. Stop doing episodic. I've been saying that for forever. Because, the, and I think the only reason why I was able to get her past the first two episodes is because I explained the whole entire series to her before, because she saw a meme and she was like, oh, that looks funny, but what is this? So she asked me and I kind of went on a rant and kind of told her about the whole thing almost literally from beginning to end. And she goes, that sounds really good. And I'm like, yeah, you want to watch it? I was like, well, you just kind of just told me. I said, yeah, but I'm pretty sure I butchered a lot of it. She goes, all right, sure, whatever. She gets through the first two episodes, and she's like, I like it because I like that style, but I don't know if I could do nine episodes of this. I said, mm, let's watch the next one. Yeah. <laughs> and then after the, after the third episode, she was like, yeah, I, we're watching this all. We finished it in 24 hours. Because I think we watched it late, and then the next day when we started to watch it again, we just watched the rest of them straight through. She couldn't stop watching it. She was hooked to it. Yeah, my my problem with my wife, I can't describe shit to my wife because then my wife won't want to see it because according to her, I describe it better than the show does. Right. So it's like, so you, you, you're adding emotion and you're attacking, you're tagging things to it to make it me more. And then when I see the actual execution, I'm like, oh, well, nah, I'm good. Right. So I don't explain things to her. But She's been watching the MCU with me since the very beginning. And when we started WandaVision, I remember her reaction to the first episode. She was phys- she was physically mad. She's like, what the fuck is this? Like, she's, she, right. <laughs> she's physically, like, she was in bed and I was sitting on the chair at, at the table or whatever. She was like, what the fuck am I watching? Right. Was like, I can't. And, I, and even when she gave it, she watched one and then she went to two and then she was like, nope. 
nope, I can't. And she was going to tap out at two. And I was like, all right. And I left it alone because I knew that I was going to watch it. And if it's going to be on, she's probably going to look at it again. So she didn't say anything. I put three on or whatever, and then four, and then five, and then she ended up watching the whole series. But she said at the end of it, and I said at the end of the last episode, when we saw the last episode, I said, well, now that you've seen the entire story, how do you feel about it now? And her literal words were almost mirrored to yours. She goes, they shouldn't have done this shit weekly. Right. Because I watched it from the beginning because she ended up liking it toward the end. And right. she was like, once the stories came together, it was an enjoyable show. And she's like, watching it week to week took me completely out of it. Because I did not get where they were going with this. Right. And I, she goes, I get it was like a whole meta thing and, and we're in this different blah, 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 blah. But as the viewer, I, I was not into this. Right. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, there you go. More fuel to my stop doing episodic i don't understand it when we when they used to do tv shows back in the day because that's what i everyone always drags me into well we grew up with shows being episodic correct we suffered enough right we don't live in that world anymore i'm spoiled you have it in the can it's there it does not make sense for me for you to keep it there anymore i need to see it give it all to me the whole thing it's a complete story give me the complete story okay I got a friend of mine named Mike who tells me all the time, he goes, you should learn to, what was it he said? Uh, uh, he goes, uh, oh, build up, the building of suspense, build up anticipation. You should do this weekly. You shouldn't get it all together. And I said, good. The next time your girlfriend comes home, I want her to start sucking you off. And then right when you're really into it, I want her to stop and walk the fuck away and go, oh, see you next week. <laughs> and we'll see how much you like the building of fucking suspense, motherfucker. It's, I think the problem is with Disney. I would imagine it's still, uh, I guess I can call it the Vince McMahon effect, where you probably have youthful, more newer ideas, but the ones in control are still have the old mind frame, right? Yeah. So, like to them, they're like, if we, this is highly anticipated, it makes multi billion dollars every year. Why don't we, if we release it in pieces, people will keep the subscription longer. But what they don't realize is, is that if I'm only here for this and you show me that trash that you showed me in the first two episodes, out of spite, I'm canceling my subscription. Right. That's not the mentality nowadays. No, it's not. It's not at all because I, I want the story. And what kills me is that in this day and age, we're back when TV first started doing TV shows, a lot of people were of the belief, uh, they didn't really understand how it worked. And they were really of the belief like these shows were being filmed weekly. Like like, like they recorded these things every week. You know what I mean? Yeah, I used to think that all the time yeah, too. Yeah, com- you weren't the only one. That was a common thing. People didn't, right. people didn't know any better. They didn't know any different. Right. Now, it's 2021. I am fully aware that you have recorded everything. Well, thank you for that. They, yeah. they, they ripped the sheet down with that. But that's what that's. But see, that's when you said trapped in the old mentality. Disney Plus is saying, if I release this all at once, you're all going to watch it in the same fucking day. And then what am I supposed to offer you, right? What other programming can I put out there? That's not my problem. That's, that's why, what, but that's what they don't why understand Netflix is, has that's so many the, properties. It, 
But what people don't, what they don't understand right now, and I'm going to assume they don't understand it because there's no other reason to do what they did, is what they don't understand is that's the new anticipation. I got the whole story. Now I know you have something else coming. I'm going to turn the TV off at the end of it, go, holy crap, that was nuts, walk away and completely forget that I have a Disney Plus subscription. Yeah. You understand? Whereas if you make me upset, I'm going to cancel because I feel, especially if I own, with that idea, that would have to make sense that the reason why they're here is to watch this. Right. With that mentality. So if you do that and you piss me off early, I'm just going to cancel it. I'm not going to sit here for this. I know a few people who only watch this, who only have Disney Plus for The Mandalorian. So when that Mandalorian is not airing any new episodes, it's, it's canceled. Until it comes back. And it's like, right. I have no other reason. Me, I find use for anything. I'll watch fucking anything on Disney Plus because they got a bunch of shit I could watch all goddamn day. I'll put on right. Tailspin right now for shits and giggles. Don't fuck with me. But right. there are people out there who are not like me who can't watch things. I live with one. My wife can only watch things once. She can't. It's got to be ridiculously great for her to see it twice. Right. Forget ten times. There's things on Disney Plus I've literally watched almost a hundred times just over either in the background or just whatever. A lot of people are not like that. So in this, especially in this new era where there's more, more streaming sites than one, you know, every other, I can't think, I know Netflix does. I think Amazon prime does. Is there another app that still does the weekly thing? I can't think of one. Mm-hmm. Is Disney Plus the only? I know there are. Me? There are. There definitely are. Um, because I hear podcasts talk about other shows that are out of this realm, like the more dramatic, the uh, suspenseful type stuff, like the Who Done It type shows, are still doing episodic. Like you know what I mean, like mm-hmm. a week. And even they are saying, "Stop with the episodic bullshit. Just give me the episodes." Yeah. He's like, I'm going to give you my have, money. Yeah. I'm not going to cancel it. I need, I want to see it now. Stop. Yeah. It's frustrating. It's like a yeah. dick tease. It really is. It's like I'm paying monthly for the fucking app already. Right? right. I'm already good. I'm not going to turn this shit off because I, I want to wait and see until we get the other stuff. If you fuck with me, I'm going to take my fucking money and go fucking home. <laughs> I'm going to go somewhere else. Yeah. I don't need to be here. We don't live in the UHF fucking era where you can only watch tv on channels two four six and eight we live in a whole nother world and i am fucking out of here bro if you don't right. fucking get your shit together right now having said that now that we've got the episodic argument out of the way the show itself you said you loved it i loved it so once tech- i got over the hump yes I, once i got over the hump. but that's but that's yeah. the main point right because with with my wife we were sitting there watching it and she literally verbatim said everything we said I don't know if I can do nine episodes of this and then literally hit play. And now she's, she's in it. She yeah. couldn't turn it off. She kept the other day. She wanted to watch it. And she was like, you want to watch it? You want to watch it? I'm like, I have to finish doing these things that I'm doing. I can't watch it. He's like, but I want to watch it. I wanna... You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. that just proves the point right there that when I went through it, but going back into that loop into the second time watching it, that first two episodes made a way 
way more sense to me. Not only did it make more sense, but it also made the actors look significantly better as actors than they did if you didn't watch the rest of the stuff. You're watching it for the first time because it looks very cheesy. And yes, they're playing to the episode, like what year it was in, but it looks really cheesy and very cringy. But then when you get later into the season, they start turning it on for real. And you start to realize like, whoa, these guys have crazy range where they're going to like really playing out these 80s, 90s, 60s, whatever year it was type of genre and then flipping right into the now and it's flawless. The mm -hmm. acting was really freaking good in this shit. Oh yeah, no, I gotta, I walked away. I'm sorry, as because everyone talks about what a great job Elizabeth Olsen did and she did. And I really feel like I really feel like people slept on Paul Bettany a little bit with his vision. vision. This. Catherine Hahn. I'm a huge yes. fan. Huge fan. I'm on board. She me away. She dude. is fantastic. <laughs> and you know what's funny? Here's the thing. I think you actually you just brought it to my head right now. I think you may have nailed it. I think she's the reason why people maybe either identify it or not be the reason why the first two episodes sucked. Well, not sucked, but like felt bad is because of how well she did. Yeah. She really did so good that it made you feel like, oh, she was super committed to it and, and yes. cringy and all and like the way, oh, darling, and the flipping of the hair and the, all the stuff she did. I'm like, oh, I can't do this. But when you go later, it's like, dude, this woman is killing this yeah, role. She is phenomenal. She committed to everything they had her do. She committed she to the bit. Perfect. Man. Across the board. I loved every fucking thing. Even into when she turned into Agnes. Right. And just the look and the feel because I'm so used to seeing gray haired, frail little Agnes. The little little Agatha. They, mm -hmm. She's a little bit of a more updated version, but just fantastic. And can we talk about that Scarlet Witch suit for just a second? Oh my Jesus. Jesus Christ. You, you know what I talk about? The, an outfit that makes you look good because I told you this off. I don't know if if she's attractive. I, I can't. I asked my oh, wife. Oh shit! Yeah, thing. I remember. Yeah, you I asked you. my wife the same thing. I paused it on a scene where she's pretty. She's she's obviously very. She's a very. Pretty, she's not unattractive. That's not where I'm going. But I was like, is she sexy? I said. Is it, I looked at her and like. I don't know if she's sexy or hot. I, I don't think I would ever describe her that way. Not right. in a dis disrespectful way. It's just like, I don't know if she's hot or not. And she looked at her, she goes, she's cute. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. She goes, yeah, I don't see her as she's, hot either. She's cute. She's cute. She's oh, like pretty. Oh, man. That's she's a very stab pretty. in she's the gut. Cute. Yeah, I know. It sounds terrible, but I was like, oh, it's like when a guy, when 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 a girl asks another girl, "Is he cute?" and they go, "Oh, he's got a good personality." Oh, oh, it's ribs. <laughs> it's not that she's not attractive or turns anybody no. on, obviously, Jeez. right? Like, but I just, I just something about her just seemed to vary. And she was like, she has a very youthful look to her, no, and I think that's I what it is. To me, like she just like has like a very oh long, my god. Imagine someone know. imagine someone ask, is Elizabeth Olsen hot? And you're like, Well, I mean she's a fantastic actress. And I'm like, Oh she is a fantastic man. actress. I know it but, wouldn't be a lie, but still but then oh when she god. puts that new outfit, oh, on, dude. she became hot to me. 
I don't know why, but when she's floating down in the new, I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, there was something. The hair, the the, the hair, the headdress. When she had that crown on, I'm like, how the fuck did they find? Who was the costume designer who found that gray area between campy campy comic book version and what appears to be some sort of BDSM seductress. What the fuck is this? And I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, my wife's eye, when she came through the light or whatever, the first time she's got it on, my wife was like, sploosh. I was like, right? Okay, see, like, okay, I'm like, not uh, bugging here. I'm not the only one that thinks that. No, she got hot when she came out of there. You're like, oh so my God. Hot. And then towards the end when she was doing the Doctor Strange thing, where she was kind of just like floating there yeah. looking through the book, I'm like, oh I'm my like, God. Oh, in that particular scene, I'm like, why was she looking so muscular there? Dude, she looked I was like, oh my great, God. man. She looked really, really, really good, man. She did great. I, I'm telling you, well, how, actually, how did you feel about the... Uh, the episode as a whole, or not the episode, but like the. I was not whole. lost. I was not lost at any point. Uh, I, as a matter of fact, I was actually kind of annoyed as to how anti one division people got so fast on those two episodes. I actually liked the two episodes, and that's where my wife, I, she started calling me a bootlicker. She's like, "Oh, you just like anything Marvel <laughs> puts together." I'm like, "What? No, 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 no." But see, here's the thing. Uh, I think what people were having an issue with because I identified it myself where it's just I saw the episodes and I literally was telling my friend because I was watching my friend I told him I said I like this I don't know if I can do nine episodes of it oh but see that's the thing I appreciated it for what it was because I knew it wouldn't be nine episodes of that okay we'll see then that's what I'm not you trained your brain yeah I'm not silly enough to believe that we're gonna get nine episodes of 60s I love Lucy want that would that's stupid Right. That's why I was trying to explain it to people online. I was like, it's not going to stay like this. Right. And then when the second episode hit and it happened again, they but were like, the well, you said. Is, no, it's going through the generations. But the problem is, is they gave you no indication that that was the case. They tried to. Yeah. With the scene at the very end of the first one where What's-Her-Face closes the book and pushes it away. Like, writes in the book, closes it and pushes it away. They tried to, but then they jump right into the next episode, right into the same thing. Right. So it was just like, oh. No, don't do this yeah, to me. That last don't episode. don't give me seven, eight episodes of this, and then like a little inkling, and then it hit me with everything episode eight and nine, and they didn't do that. So that's why later it worked out. I have a very important question for you because this episode, this last episode, set up a lot of things. Uh, Monica is going to be heading to space with her newfound power base. We'll see where that goes. Uh, we saw the end scene here with Wanda. I'm glad Who, some time. Okay, has so passed. let me clear some. Okay, go, go, never mind. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go well, ahead. I was what I was gonna set up here is that that last scene with the book and the dark hold and all that stuff that she's doing. The whole point of all of that is to set us up, especially that last line used by Agatha, where it wasn't her last, but it was one of the last, where she had mentioned that the power source of the Scarlet Witch was more powerful than even the Sorcerer Supreme. We all know that this character will be seen again and will be seen again in the next Doctor Strange film. Your favorite film when we did this conversation was Doctor Strange. Oh my god, I love This that. now whole series now leads up to Doctor Strange. Where are you on that? Because it's just 
Did this get you even more hype? Did it take you out? What was your feeling now? Well, about I the right away movie? made the resemblance, right? Like when I saw her sitting there floating and looking through the book, it had, it wasn't the same. Cause when I saw it for the second time, I'm like, I was looking for something specific, uh, but it was a little different, but her aura kind of gave me Dr. Strange vibes, right? Like she wasn't doing anything chronologically. She wasn't messing with time, but she was just kind of like, absorbing the information from the book but it gave me dr strange vibes you know and I'm, why I'm, I'm assuming it was supposed to you know why though subliminal music choice play that clip again the sound you hear is the dr strange movie film theme holy shit i got got yeah. I know. I'll go back and check it. Subliminal. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yes, I, did not know I that. didn't know it either. Somebody on YouTube pointed it out, and I didn't catch it. Oh, but those that, things are probably the, going crazy. The part with the book, right at the end, when she's flipping through the book, that music you hear is not direct. It's a little bit of a remix, but it's it's sourced. It's it's the Doctor Strange movie theme. Wow. They thought of hey, everything, they bro. Got, they got me, dude. They, <laughs> they got, got me too. I was so, so mad when I saw it. Explain to me. Okay, so let's do a quick explanation on... Uh, Monica, right? Right. Yeah, Monica. I'm gonna be not so much help for you because they did a whole lot of different shit with her in this series. So Monica, books, so. and then that. Just give me a little bit of what because I did. We. Um, she was interested, so she looked up. So apparently, she is quote unquote the original Captain Marvel. But I thought I took it into context as the people from here saw her as Captain Marvel, and then she then changed her name in respects to the actual Captain Marvel that yeah. people don't necessarily, didn't necessarily know because she's out in the universe. She's not isolated to the world. So they knew her and that's where she became Captain Marvel. I would assume from stories because they're obviously related in some way. Like her mom's mom was the lady in the Captain Marvel movie, if I'm, yes, if I'm remembering yes. correctly. So they know of her, they know of the story of Captain Marvel. So I'm assuming that they associated Monica with Captain Marvel, which is why they would call her that. And then later when Captain Marvel may have came back, she said, you know, I'm this because of that, that, and the third. This is what I'm putting together in my head. Okay. And then, um, then they say like he wants to talk to you. Who that? Who, what was that scene? Like what were they referring to? Because I was so lost. <clears throat> okay, so uh, da, 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 you named a bunch of stuff there. Yeah. So uh, when you said that she was the original captain, are you trying to indicate from the comics? Correct. Like we did, we looked up her character. Yeah, I guess, her character. Right. right. Yeah. So she's she's a beast in the comics. So okay, right. So. Uh, like I said, I wouldn't be much help to you as far as the MCU version because they changed a lot of shit. She got her powers in the comic very similar to the way that Carol did in the sense of that she got it from, you know, Captain Marvel, right? That's where the Captain Marvel thing comes in. She was uh, one of the one of the Captain Marvels. There's been quite a few of them over the years, Carol being the most famous of which. That's why in the MCU, Carol is Captain Marvel. Right. Um, I want to drop... One thing before I explain who he is, because I think it helps in the explanation. So, in the war room scene, where they're breaking down a lot of items, and they being Darcy and Agent Wu and Monica, are breaking down, you know, what Wanda's been doing, and how it's been all working out, and how powerful she is, and they make the, they give you the throwaway line of, you know, well, you know, Wanda could have pretty much beat Thanos by himself. Basically playing off all the internet bullshit that people like to spread. They right. were playing off of it. Well, she could, you know, because of that one scene 
oh, yeah, she could have beat Thanos all by herself. And then they were like, well, you know, Captain Marvel gave him a bit of a run for his money. And Monica kind of had this, like, shitty look on her face when they mentioned Carol. So there's a lot of rumor mill going around stating that maybe that shitty face is because somewhere down the line, because remember, her mom got sick, her mom being the best friend of Carol. She got sick with cancer and died, and there's a there's a piece of information that people may be thinking that that piece of information is going to lead to some sort of bad feelings between her and Carol. Because mm-hmm. of her role as Captain Marvel, she hasn't been around for very much, and that might lead to some bad or some uncomfortable, some ill will. There. Yeah, like my mom talked about you highly, blah, blah, blah. Where were you there? Where well, not even you? talked about her. Remember, they had a relationship in the first movie. Right, they, uh, in the right first but movie. Monica wouldn't know that. Yes, she would. She grew up with Carol. She knows all about Carol. She, Monica in WandaVision is the little girl from the Captain Marvel movie. I thought the from Captain Marvel, the little girl was Monica's mom. No. Monica is the little girl. Maria, the older lady, that's Monica's mom that was best friends with Carol. And she's the one that passed away. She's the one cancer. that passed away from cancer. The little okay, girl okay, from okay. Captain I Marvel. Bumped, I bumped my thought process a generation. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, so that's she does. Remember, and I told my wife when we saw the movie, when Carol referred to Monica as Lieutenant Trouble. And right. I was like, all right, keep that one in your head because that's going to come back as some sort of cute little response or whatever. But yeah, there might be some ill will there towards Auntie Carol because she wasn't there when Mommy was sick. Right. So at the end... When the scroll shows up and lets her know that he's been keeping an eye on you and he'd like to talk to you and he points up. The he being Nick Fury. Okay, Nick so Fury that's what we were guessing. Space. Yes, Nick Fury's in space. And remember, again, from Captain Marvel, Monica and Nick have a little bit of a history from their encounter at the house. They know of each other. Right. More importantly, I think that Nick was keeping an eye on her. If not for safety reasons, definitely for potential, right? Because look at the family she came up in. And she he just kind of kept an eye on what she was doing. And it turns out Monica did pretty well for herself. She's a captain herself in the military, right? She's done some shit. She's a respected pilot. Yeah, but, there's, but still at the same time, there's no need to need her. I think he just watched over her. But when he noticed she developed powers because of entering that field multiple right. times. Now, there's now we got to talk. Now we've got to talk because now we have to do something with that before you go off and do some other shit. Or maybe now because she's got powers and she's got no idea how to use them, obviously, because she just got them. Not so much of use, but think about this. Monica just received powers. She has no idea what they are and no idea how to use them. Does Monica know anybody else with similar power that could probably teach her how to control that? Yeah, yeah, that would be Auntie Carol, wouldn't it? And that's going to lead to some yeah. drama in that meeting, won't it? Right. Yep. There you go. So that's your setup. <laughs> cool. That, the thing I was confused about, really, I mean, is like, uh, who was he? I, I we we yeah, because we looked some stuff up. You guessed it right. It was Fury. Yes, yeah. Fury. It's got to be we, Fury. There's nobody else. It could be because he's up there moving a bunch of shit around. That's why. The Spider-Man film, Far From Home, when it ended with that scene with Nick in space, it was the first thing I said in the movie theater. And when I said it in the movie theater, everyone looked at me like they were crazy because they didn't know what the fuck sword was. And I went, oh, no, we're in trouble. If you don't know what the fuck sword is, boys and girls, get ready because I I said it in the theater. They're going to fuck it up when they explain it to you because they're not going to do it right. And sure enough, here we are, because they've mentioned nothing about S.W.O.R.D. in any of the movies. We get WandaVision, and the first thing we see 
is sword, and they haven't explained it at all. Right. There's just some shield-like entity that exists, and that's not good because that's right. going to take some fucking explaining. This ain't shield, folks. This is a whole different ball game. They're fucking with shit like this on an intergalactic level. This is this is different. Uh, but we'll learn about that more when we get there because, you know, Nick Fury has his own thing going on in his movies, and they've got another Captain Marvel movie. Ms. Marvel is going to be on the series. So they got time to explain this shit. Right, right, right. But it, it was just, I was a little, that was, if I'm going to nitpick anything, that was annoying for me because I'm like, bro, sell sword, please. Just take a one episode. They put them. They put the emblem in your face so much. So yeah, and they that's kinda... another thing, right? Like in the beginning, I didn't know what that was either. I yes. know who that was. And I know sword and shield. Like that rings a bell to me, but I don't know anything. So when they showed it on the plane, and then they sh- on the little red helicopter. Yeah, that they showed. They talked a little bit about it in the flashback when Monica had woken up. Right. And she went back to the office and they were explaining her mother's role in well, founding Well, before it. Monica, the the helicopter had a sword on it. The, yeah. The uh, the, the guy beehive. who came out the sewer had an emblem on his back. Yeah, the bee. And the then beekeeper. when Monica was first shown on the television, she had like the necklace and everything. Yes. So, so they were hitting with you in hitting, your face. Yeah, they were really in your face about it, but they never explained exactly what it, what the fuck it was. Right. Uh, not into great detail. They gave you a few little tidbits and bullshit excuses of what it it is and what it could do, but not really a whole lot of explanation. So this leads me to tomorrow because. The writer, oh my god, I want to say Mitch Campbell, I can't remember the exact name, it was right in front of me, I had the article earlier, but I'm in a rush now. Um, The writer, the head writer for Falcon and the Winter Soldier was recently interviewed about the upcoming release of his series, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, obviously very excited, very ecstatic about the releasing of this and how this is going to go, and they asked him specifically, they said with, uh, with WandaVision coming out, a great success, but catching a lot of criticism based on the way that the episodes were released and some of the mysticism involved with WandaVision. Uh, How much pressure did that put on you in producing this product and and putting this out? And are you guys worried about any kind of anticipation uh, problems or fan fiction things? And and the guy said simply straight out. He said, I love the WandaVision because it made you think. It's very meta. Right, you got to really put some thought into these episodes, and it, as a as a creator, as an artist, it was a really fun time to to play that game with Wandavision. It was fun. We did not do that here. This is Falcon and the Winter Soldier. This is we were told when we got the scripts, or when we we were told to make the scripts, it was a two man buddy comedy involved with a lot of obviously military tie-in because of the, the the occupation of the gentleman involved. Oh god, I hope that's not the way they go. And he said he, he said uh a lot of people looked to WandaVision to kind of get some of that MCU feel. And a lot of them feel like they didn't get it from WandaVision. You're going to get it here cuz we're going to blow a lot of shit up. <laughs> we're going to blow a lot of shit up. There's going to be a lot of action in this where we're starting off this thing at 100 miles an hour. Uh, there's not going to be a whole lot of sitting around wondering what this means and what that means. No, we're we're, we're going to be a very cut and dry, straightforward program. We're this is what it is. This is what we're doing. Buckle up. And yeah. uh, and my wife heard that and went, "Thank God." Yeah. She was like, "That's what I want to hear. I don't watch these movies." And I get it. One division took a risk. They did something different. I liked it. It's not for everybody i understand but if you're an mcu person and that's what you watch it for 
the action, the Big Bang, the creativity, the way they do that shit. Get ready, because apparently Falcon and the Winter Soldier is going to go heavy on all that shit. Well, we will see. So we will see, exactly. And you know it's going to be two-man buddy comedy. They're going to be quipping at each other. The trailers are telling you that they're going to be quipping, they're going to be taking shots at each other, they're going to go back and forth. But that writer in that same interview said the same thing. There is a particular topic that the MCU has been very, very careful with during the course of their films. And they were told throughout the course of the making of this show that they were allowed to take a particular topic a certain way. They were able to go a little deeper with that. He didn't want to give too much away about it, but he's like, look for this a little bit to be expanded upon on the show. And the rumor mural about it is, is remember, folks, Captain America and Bucky are from the 40s, right? They don't really take too kindly to the Negro population back in the 40s. And there was a lot of talk when Captain America first came out. Well, not first came out. I mean, the, the resurgence. Because when, when it first came out, it was World War II, so nobody gave a fuck. But when it came back and Cap became a character again, a lot of people were like, yeah, he's Captain America. We get it. But who, who, which America is he defending here? You know, what was Jim, what was Captain America's stance on Jim Crow back in the day or whatever right. the fuck, right? Like, how did all that go? When he went to war and fought with all those African-American soldiers just to come back and see whites only, what was his thoughts? Right. The MCU danced around it, but the comic books never did. The comic books took those situations and took those conversations head on. And the writers were told, because when Falcon became Captain America in the comics, which was 10 years ago, very recent, they attacked that issue. How would America handle a black Captain America? <laughs> right. And I know on, on the surface it seems stupid to even think that would be an issue, but let's be honest, obviously it's going to rub people the wrong way. So in this show, we are going to see some very uncomfortable government uh, members of government here. Well, if there are any the time idea. frame to pull that off, it'd be uh, today. It'd be now, yep, and it'd be with these people. So let's see how big of an impact they'll make. They took a risk with Black Panther. I don't know why people feel it was a risk, but that's what I'm told all the time. But right. this one's going to, you know, Black Panther showed you what black culture could be. This show, if they do this right, could be a great example as to what that culture experiences on that level. Because here's a level of success that a black, a black man is going to try to attempt here. And remember, he didn't pick this job. The job chose him, right? Steve Rogers gave this man the shield. And, govern, and the government took that shield away because Captain America does not have the power to do that. You know, Captain America is not a tagline. He was a captain, in the military. We gave him this fucking shield. It's ours. Right. So they can take it back, but the story is going to basically take us on a ride to, for for Sam to kind of prove it and earn it that he can be Captain America. We're going to take that ride with him for the next nine weeks. But I am going to thoroughly enjoy watching my wife, who is very uncomfortable. So this is pretty much going to be the build-up on to basically selling us the new face of this generation's Marvel. Well, not necessarily, because in the comics, this version of Cap, it being Falcon, while respected, uh, is not considered the leader or the face of Marvel. So who is? Captain Marvel is. 
which is uh, why uh, you white sons of bitches. That's why. Uh, <laughs> well, no, not necessarily because everyone in the comic books, the Holy Trinity has been the same for years. Iron Man, Captain America, Thor. There it is, right? That's the that's the three. We have a new Trinity now, and it's Captain Marvel. Ms. Marvel, who is of Pakistani descent, and Miles Morales, Spider-Man, who was African-American and Hispanic. So they've pulled the doors back on that a little bit. Those are the three major stars right right now. Those are the three top superstars in Marvel. So they've opened the doors up a lot in the comics. And I think they're trying to do that in the movies now, but we'll see how that plays itself out. That's why I think Falcon and the Winter Soldier is going to be a nice test. I'm not sitting here saying that this is going to be a full-on civil rights fucking program. I'm just saying it'll be mentioned. Right. It won't be tiptoed. It may not even be the focus of a full fucking episode, but you're going to see it mentioned. You're going to... I can't wait to see my wife squirm because she hates awkward conversations like this. Right. And I and, and I know there's going to be a lot of people who are going to watch this who are, are going to enjoy the show up until it gets to that part, and then they're going to feel some type of way about it themselves. But that's good. Feel something about this, because this is important. And I want to see where Sebastian Stan, as an actor, goes with this as well. Because I've seen Anthony Mackie do the racist shit before. I've never seen this corn Frey white boy actually dig into this thing, so I want to see what happens. I want to see. I'm ready for it. Let's see. It all goes down on Disney Plus this weekend. I know I'm going to check it out. Uh man, we had a full fucking show here. My tummy Look at that. is see you told me sh- we don't got much to talk about. Yeah, Fuck my that. show is my my show. My fucking tummy is a mess. I gotta go dookie. So let's go ahead and <laughs> wrap this bitch up in a nice neat little package. So as I mentioned earlier, I'll make the announcement here. Uh, it's not huge. It's just update. More of an update than announcement. Let me not say announcement, but it's an update. Um, GSW Global Syndicate Wrestling. The company that I did the commentary for back on February 20th. We killed the internet. We did a bunch of cool shit wrestling-wise. Uh, we're going we're gonna to do like Goofy in the meme. We're going to do it again. And we're going to do it on Mar- uh, May 22nd. And we're not going to be in South Jersey this time. We're in North Jersey. We're going to be at Ridgefield Park. Uh, all The address and all of the ticket information available at gswpro.com and on all of the social media sites the Facebook, the Twitter, the Instagram, you can check that out. I'll be live and in the house yet again. I'm questioning whether or not I will wear the mask this time because I didn't like how my commentary sounded with the mask on. Yeah, don't. Uh, we'll see. Uh, if I don't wear it, I, uh, Mike, I love you, buddy, but you got to get away from me. I got to uh, move over. I can hear you from where I'm sitting. Just move over. Dude, they can literally build something out of plexiglass super easy. Oh, can they do the Michael Cole thing for me? The big glass cave or whatever the fuck that was? Two complaints with that because the talent looked great and everything looked perfectly fine. So if there's anybody out there listening that far as a part of that company, please hear my cries. Can you check the mic placement under the ring? There was... It was during the first match with the big guys, those big... Those guys should not have been hitting that mat that hard. That ring I did not hold up that well. And they knocked something loose to the point where every footstep on the mat, you got this high-pitched clink. So I don't know if the mic was knocked in a, into a different place or whatever the case may be, but this high metal just knocking into each other every single time uh, like the mat was even like ran on. And it made it very hard to like watch it because like, it was great. The 
everything looked great. The the visuals, the the wrestlers, everything. I was I was into it, but my ears were bleeding from that metal. <laughs> and then also, if whoever is in production, if you could just literally take the volume of commentary and the volume of the mic in the ring and flip the numbers, it would sound so much. Better. I should <laughs> not hear the ring nearly as much as I there was a point there where I had everything full blast and I was watching it with my friend who also watches this show sometimes too we were both I was like am I deaf or can I not hear him and they're like no I literally cannot hear a single word that they're saying uh through through the experience of watching it like if I'm watching it on fight or whatever you Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying so just a little bit of information to bring back. It's just like you know, some viewer feedback here. Viewer yeah. feedback. Literally have someone go in the ring and bump or run the ropes for a second. While well, you from what I mic. understand, and I don't know if it played a, a role or a factor, but apparently I was told on two occasions uh, throughout the course of the evening uh, while we were live on the air, somebody I'm, I'm literally calling the match and somebody brings their cell phone over because my boss had texted them to tell me um, – Keep talking, keep calling, but we lost the stream. They got kicked off like twice. Yeah, they did. I saw I that. Know yeah, if, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, I don't know that if that one. plays a role in the audio portion of it. I'm not sure. Right. But yeah, definitely, you know. Well, the other feedback. two things just seem like a volume. Like, I don't know how they – there's got to be a production team if they're on. No, it's a full-on production team. Like, I so saw them there. It's amazing how fucking know, in-depth they are. They I need don't a truck. know if they were listening – If everyone was only exclusively listening through whatever shit they were doing and no one listening through what it sounds like on the outside, like what, what, what they're getting from like through the actual website. So I don't know if that was different, but if that was for whatever reason, if that was a thing, then just literally go back and try to listen to it. It's, it's almost like you can't, you can't sit through it. The, the if anything, fix that metal thing because i can squint and hear you guys if i have to with my ears squint squint with my ears listen closely with my my ears ears, but um the metal metal thing was just too it too much man it was just too much which is sad because it looked really good man so i'm looking forward to the next one yeah and i and i sounded amazing now (laughs) by the way if you both actually yeah i wanted to say that you both sounded great it really was like you, you guys together almost for the first time like obviously, you I met tell him. The only I met thing. him two hours before we went on. Uh, three you hours actually. Before only we went on the criticism, or not even criticism. There's no criticism for me anyway. Like the only thing that stood out was the fact that if you could tell that there was there wasn't any chemistry there, but because it was like I know that you know what I mean. But like, literally, give you guys two or three episodes, and it's gonna be there. Like he did really good. And I said the same thing when they when they when we walked into the building because they were like, how do you guys feel? Da, da, da. I said, we're going to fucking be great because my style of calling shows is very um, strict and to the idea that there needs to be a constant flow. And right. if that means I got to talk, then I'll talk. If it means that he has to talk, uh, then, then we'll do that. But my style lends itself for it's set up so that if I'm working with someone I don't know, it still works. When I when they booked this together, 
they said, you know, by any chance, have you ever worked with him before? I said, I didn't know he existed on Earth until you just told me I was working <laughs> with him. And he was he like, well, spawned. yeah, so he, 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 he's like, oh, no, he's great. He's done this. He's done that. I'm like, okay, cool. When I hung up the phone, I went to YouTube, and I went to his Facebook and tried to see if he had any work that I could listen to. And luckily for me, Mike is a 100% professional. And he's got material out there in demo reels. He's got demo reels on his YouTube. Right. So nice. it's got ring announcing. It's got commentating. That's a man who's trying to work. That's man. a man who's trying to work. And he's a professional. And he's good at his craft. So I checked out his stuff. I saw how he commentated, how he called things, what his energy level was like. I got a crash course on Mike. Right. So what happened was is by the time we got into the chair, I know what he likes to do. And I know what he does not like. Or let me not say that. I know what he likes to do, and this is me just being fair. I know what he can't do. So what happens is is now I'm glue. I let him roam and do his thing, and I patch it in in the middle. Yeah, you guys had some great moments. There was one that was about mouth. I forget what it was. What was the one about mouth? Like He was like, as opposed to good mouth or some shit like that. Oh, yeah. So I I have made the comment because it's a classic wrestling trope. I, I do that from time to time. I throw some nice old school cliches in there. And I had put, I had said that he, uh, I forgot who the he was. He was putting the bad mouth on him. It and was the ear pod match. The yeah, yeah, the yeah. He was putting the bad mouth on him. And then my, I think it was Mike was like, as opposed to the good mouth. And I was like, Yo, Yo, something we like were that. dying. But that's around the time where your guys' voice started to drown out and the race yeah. started to go up. So you guys got some good stuff with the with the commentary, man. It's just he that plays, needs to be the vocal yeah. point on this end. In order I mean? for a situation like that to work, you you can't have an ego about things. You you can't you can't because we don't know how this is going to go. Right. We're live on the air. It's a stream, right? We don't we have headsets, so we have no communication with the back. So I don't know. Like they said, by the time they told me we were off air, it had already happened once, and I didn't know. And it's the same thing. I don't know if you noticed when you watched uh, when you watched when they went to clean the ring. And I don't know if I'm supposed to say this on the air or not, but fuck it, I'll say it because it was it was it's kudos to me. So the 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 part where they're like, oh, we're gonna clean the ring off and blah 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 blah. No one told us that they were gonna do that. So I didn't know if we're gonna take a minute to clean the ring meant that we were gonna stay on the air and I had to say something. Right. Or if they were going to cut to packages or videos or something else. I don't know because they're not telling me. So right. as soon as he said we're going to take a minute to talk on to clean the ring, my brain instantly said, all right, well, say something. Because I would rather be caught off air wasting my time than on air not saying a fucking thing and just letting the camera sit there yeah. awkwardly while I'm in front of a microphone picking my ass or something. Right. So as soon as they said we're gonna clean the ring and everyone started moving, I just started talking to Mike about anything. We uh-huh. were we were recapping. We were talking about title opportunity. I don't even remember what the fuck we said. I just kept asking him because he loves to talk. He will talk as long as the day is long. So I just kept asking him questions. What do you think about this? How does this lead up to this? And we just kept talking, and then all of a sudden the next match started, and we were, and then we just transitioned into the match like right. you normally would on Raw SmackDown, whatever. So when the show was over, I asked him. I said, well, "Was that okay?" And he said, "No, no, no, it was fine. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna put everything in post." But I didn't know what the hell he was talking about because I was in a rush to go home. Right. When I watched the replay, I noticed 
They used everything we fucking said, and they never turned away from anything. Right. So I said, great, good idea, right? Good job, AJ. You said something. You made a last-minute decision. It was the right one because they ended up not going anywhere, and you and you kept the broadcast flow going, so that's good. I messaged him after the fact when I saw the replay. I wanted to thank him. Oh, look, good job, right? You did a hell of a job. Thanks for using the stuff that we said. I wasn't even sure we were supposed to do that. He responded with, you weren't. <laughs> they had Apparently, they had an idea of what they wanted to do. But before they could get to it, I started talking. So they said, okay, let them talk, right? And then we'll figure out what we're go- how we're going to get this going. And then once he takes a break or, or there's a pause in there, we'll switch it up. Well, they had been losing the service all night. So whatever it was, whatever VTR or whatever they were trying to load up, it didn't load. So they ended, ah. up, they ended up just staying with me the whole right. time. So he was like, you were the perfect backup plan because you just kept talking. And whatever it is we were trying to do, we couldn't get it to work. So we just said, fuck it. They're, they're doing shit out there, so just leave it on them. And it was just us. Yeah, my my response to that would have been now you you should know firsthand how important communication is, and clearly we do not have communication. Well, no. See, here's here's here's, (laughs) he he beat me to that. He said he's going to try to work on that for the next show, but I'm not going to. You know, this I've done this before. I've I've been doing this for years. Even when you have communication, sometimes you can't communicate. I mean, that's just what it is. I've been at shows where I've had headsets. And I can communicate with the guys in the back, but the guy in the back's carrying a fucking conversation, or he's giving some other direction to someone else, and he's not listening to the headset. Mm-hmm. So even when you have communication, you might not be able to communicate. Mm-hmm. So what I did with him was this: I said, "Here's we're gonna make a deal right here, right now, just so we have something together, so we know what to do in situations like this. If you do something in the ring that I don't know about, and I'm questioning whether or not we're on the air or not." I'm just going to go. And you can choose to use it. You can choose to not use it. I don't give a fuck. In right. this particular case, uh, it he it worked. He used it. So I was like, all right, cool. But in the future, I told him, in the future, if you feel like you can cut and you want to do something else, I don't care. Go. Right. But I'm, gonna, I'm not going to leave dead air uh, live on a stream. So if you confuse me <laughs> and you throw some shit I don't know about, I'm just going to fucking go. And he's like, all right, cool. So there it is. I have permission this time around to just fucking go. So Build something around the desk to to spread you guys apart a little bit so you feel comfortable about your mask. No, because I it to- is clearly, yeah. it's clearly. It was, yeah. The louder uh, I got, the more muffled it sounded. Right. So and that's like, obvious. No. Yeah. And then two, just make sure those volumes are switched because we need to hear the commentary, not the ring being hit. I shouldn't I shouldn't be able to hear the wrestler scream his words louder, like beyond louder than the commentary when I'm sitting at home. That sounds nice in the ring because I don't hear the commentary, but at home it's about the commentary. And then just make sure that clinking isn't matter. And we're we're off to the races, man. Yeah, so May 22nd, <laughs> we're going to be back in Jersey doing that shit again. God damn. I'm breaking uh, shit down, man. I yeah, mean, I know. I You're becoming an analyst yourself. Maybe one day you'll have to call one of these shows with me. Yeah, maybe. We'll figure that out. You can do some color commentary, I think, if, you really, if you really put your mind to it. Uh, the only other uh, thing I want to talk about before we go, is we are really running late here on this one, but um, the next roundtable. 
Yeah. Very important on the next roundtable. It's the road to WrestleMania. Uh, well, not the road. It will be exactly for WrestleMania. Really? Uh, originally, I had us doing it. Let me pull it up now because technically speaking, it's going to be on the 10th and the 11th. That's the two nights. Originally, I had it set up, I think, for that Friday the 9th, but they did, they're doing a WrestleMania week now. So it's like there's going to be all kinds of fucking shit going on, and we're not going to talk about all of it because that would just be a pain in the ass. No. I have no intentions. I just want to focus on WrestleMania straight up. So uh, what's going to probably end up happening because we have a vacation here at the house that week. The 9th is not going to work. We're going to have to do it Thursday the 8th. How do you feel about Thursday the 8th? Uh, Thursday is fine. Friday is my actually uh, start to be something that I prefer not to do, if that's something we can do. Wait, which day? Fridays. Friday Friday night. If we do it earlier on Friday, like if it's just me and you, round tables usually go late. But me and you, like if we do it earlier on a Friday, that's fine. But oh, I'm, no. I'm thinking about consider. Uh, I'm thinking about committing to something uh, for Fridays, uh, like it's forward. like seven to nine or something like that. Oh, okay, yeah, all right. Yeah. So no, well, uh, so it's a good thing we're changing it now, anyway. Then because yeah, I, everything's I was working. Trying to do it yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm moving it back. All right, so Thursday the eighth, we're gonna do the roundtable for WrestleMania. I was asked, hey, are you gonna do? Both nights, uh, yeah, we'd have to, but that means that we'd have to really be tight on those matches. They've already announced one match for WrestleMania, and I feel like we only need five minutes for it, considering it doesn't have much of a build or nobody gives a fuck about it. Not shaping up so far with so many great matches that could happen. I know we've got Roman, Reign and, Roman Reigns and Edge already announced. Um, rumored still McIntyre and Lashley, not confirmed just yet, but... New Day for the tag titles against Styles and Omos is not something that tickles my fucking fancy, to be honest with you. So we may not need all the time we have, but Thursday the 8th, we're going to break it all down. WrestleMania, that'll be the next roundtable. And I believe that is, let me pull it back up, one, two, we're like three weeks away from it. So there you go. They got to get rid of Fastlane this Sunday, which we will not be talking about on the show because I do not care. I'm on the road to fucking WrestleMania. Whatever garbage they come up with on Fastlane is whatever they come up with. I right. don't. I do not care. It was. Uh, this is a useless pay per view. They're doing it for Peacock, and I understand that. There's an agreement that was made there. Fine, but I. I don't. I. If if I watch it, it'll probably be in clips. I'm not sure, but whatever. So yeah, that's the round table there. And that'll be it. So we're all done here. We'll be back with our last edition of Women's Month next week. So I want to take this time to thank everybody for supporting the show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for downloading. And, of course, thank you for enjoying episode 182. 100 episodes now pay him. And make sure that you buy my husband's T-shirt at ProWrestlingTees.com slash A-J-O-U-N. Please, he needs this. Listen to my daddy's show. He's the best, so I don't know. 